0: Hey, horror guys and gals, and welcome back to the We Love Horror podcast, the podcast where we talk about anything and everything horror. I'm Michael, and today I'm joined by a dear friend and very special guest. Why don't you introduce
1: yourself? Hey, guys. My name is Frank. I am a friend of Michael's, and he's so kind to, you know, bring me here. Yes. I was really excited when you
0: wanted to be on the podcast with me, so I'm glad that we're actually finally making it come to fruition. Well, I was...
1: Kind of telling you that I wanted to be here, so you didn't really have much of a choice.
0: <laughs> I was like, I mean, uh, you know. I, I was
1: begging. That. I was throwing rocks at you and like, hey,
0: hey, when's my hey, turn? Like throwing rocks at my bedroom window. Yeah, you know, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, let me in your podcast, Michael. <laughs> I know you're in there. I know you're not sleeping. I know. I yeah. know I was... So finally, I was like, fine, yeah, you know, I'll, you know, just let Frank be on this episode. Completely. I'm gonna get no, my I'm 15 minutes, just minutes of fame. <laughs> No, I'm happy you're here today, Frank. I'm really excited, so... So am I. um, Before we get into it, or I guess before we get into the movie that we're talking about today, I guess I just want to ask you, what got you into horror in the first place? What's your
1: backstory with it? My backstory is that I grew up in the quiet streets of Los Angeles. And with that said, my family, my mom, my dad worked full-time jobs, so my sister took care of us. And in those days, back in the early 90s, My parents would rent movies for us. And my sister would rent horror movies. So she would rent Freddy Krueger, Friday uh, Friday the 13th. Um, All the classics. Yeah. You know, uh, Michael Myers. We used to watch those movies. I used to have nightmares. Nightmares of those movies. But at the same time, I used to love watching those movies. Even Child's Play. That was one of the most terrifying movies I ever seen because I was into toys and thinking a toy was gonna come and li- come to life and kill me. Right. But yeah, I used to we used to watch horror movies because of my older sister and my older brother and you know, so we're into movies a lot and our main, you know, was horror. So that's, that's awesome. how I got into horror.
0: That's awesome, and I love how like. Everybody, when they talk about their first experience with horror, they're like, I was terrified by it, but at the same time, I was so intrigued. And that's how like I feel, too, because I just feel when I saw my first horror movie, which just happened to be The Ring, was I was terrified. But then um, I loved it at the same time. I just love the feeling of being scared.
1: Speaking of The Ring, my daughter, my first daughter, she's going to be that little... Girl coming Ooh, from the well. Yeah, I know. Yes, I'm serious. My oh, wife is, awesome. she already bought a costume for my daughter, and I'm kind of thinking, we live in Utah, we're Mormons. Aren't they going to get offended? My wife's like, I don't care. Well, anyways, yeah, my daughter loves that movie. My kids love horror too. So that's awesome.
0: So you're yeah. passing it down to your kids now?
1: Well, kind of my wife passed it down to them because she loves horror too. But yeah, she my kids love horror as well. So
0: that's awesome. Well, yeah. Thank you for sharing that story with us. And also thank you for being on the episode once again. So I appreciate it. And then, um, so before we get into it, I want to talk about shout outs, you know, the normal stuff. Um, So the first one I'm going to shout out is a podcast on Elm Street. Those are my boys in Canada that uh, have their own little podcast, which is really cool. It's a horror podcast, of course. And um, they just talk about you know, different horror movies, and the, I, I just like the way, they have really good chemistry with each other, like, the way they break down horror movies is really good, I enjoy it, Um, so check them out, guys, Frank, you should check them out if you like horror stuff, they're another podcast you could listen to, they're really fun, and then um, the next person I'm going to shout out is the Creepy Crap Podcast. Never no. heard of that one? No. Oh, okay. Not until now. <laughs> so his podcast is really fun because he um, mostly reviews shitty horror movies. So he, d- he has, like, a really
1: comedic... So he's like a Rotten Tomatoes. Pretty much, no. yeah.
0: He has a very comedic um, take to talking about horror movies. So he, like, mostly picks, like, the shittiest ones he can find. Even ones that I've never heard of before. I'm like, where do you find these movies? Like, the deepest recesses of, like the worst horror movies ever made I guess but yeah his podcast is really fun Um, he lives in Australia and uh, he's just been really like him and the podcast in Elm Street guys they've been really supportive of this podcast since it started and like I can't thank them enough for that because um, as of late like it's been really kind of hard to adjust to you know not having uh, I guess a a second co-host with me now since that kind of happened all at once it was really hard and i actually kind of considered throwing in the towel honestly i was like i don't know what i'm going to do like cuz i felt like me and roman had really good well hey
1: once you decide to throw in that towel i'm going to just throw it right back at you <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, my friend daniel the one
0: that's in the creeper crap podcast he's like well if you do decide to quit i'm just going to take over your podcast i'm just going to hijack it and pretend to be you until you decide you're ready to come back and i was like well well thanks but, um, yeah, no, they've just been both really supportive of me, and I can't thank them enough for that. So, yeah, just I like to shout them out on every episode. So, yeah, the Creepy Crap Podcast, you guys should check him out. And then um, It's a Horror Podcast is another great podcast that I listen to. Um, they do a lot of really great in-depth analysis of horror movies as well. So they're really fun. You guys should go check them out. And then the last one I'm going to shout out is Porcelain Peak. And their podcast is really fun. They do, like, really cool themed episodes. Like, um, for the last little while, they've been doing, like, a segment called Camp Porcelain Peak, where they just talk about, like, um, either, like, true crime stuff or horror movies that take place during camping. Which is just really fun. Like they've got they've got a lot of really cool ideas. So those are
1: like real stories. We're talking about fictional stories here.
0: Um. So I know one of the stories that they did was based on like the um, Girl Scout murders. I don't know if you ever heard about that one. Girl
1: Scout murders.
0: Yeah. So like there were. Um. I won't get into it too in depth, but like back in I think it was like the 70s, there were like three girls that got murdered in a tent when they were camping at like a summer camp. Wow. Yeah. So they did like an episode on that. And yeah, they just do a lot of really cool stuff and I really enjoy listening to them because, um, I just, what I enjoy most about their podcast is, and I don't, I don't want to sound rude when I say this cause I'm not, I'm, I'm praising them, but I love listening to a podcast that starts out from like the, the ground up and kind of just really improves over time. And I feel like that's what their podcast has done. Like from the first episode, to, like, what I've been listening to now, such an improvement. It's so fun to, like, listen to, you know, any podcast that you listen to, I'm sure, improves over time, so I can say that with all the podcasts, but, like, with this one specifically, like, their content has just, like, skyrocketed. This is the like, first podcast,
1: like, the first podcast I ever listened to, so... Mine? Yeah, uh, this <laughs> is the only one I listen to, so...
0: Oh, well, I'm flattered. Thank you, Frank. Yeah, um, I know that when we first started out, it was, gosh nerve-wracking it was really i don't know i had a lot of issues with like the first couple of episodes because i was like uh but it's it's about like keep going with it keep improving do whatever you can to you know make it better so
1: exactly that's exactly why, yeah and that's i'm why, here so <laughs> <laughs>
0: you're going to improve this podcast so much better i hope so. so much more am i the
1: first uh mexican you had on the podcast <laughs> <laughs> yep i you think do- so no, no no roman roman was mexican what Really? Yeah. His last name is Chicas. I don't think that. I don't. I don't. I think he's. He might be Latino, but I don't think he's Mexican. I mean.
0: I don't know. I never. I don't think I ever really asked him. Oh, well, but. Roman,
1: if you're listening right now, just, you know, give us a shout out if you're Mexican (laughs) or not, but hopefully I'm the the first.
0: Yeah. No, you. If if it's not Roman, then you are the first, yes. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So that's it with shout outs, but, um, I don't want to take too much longer before we get into the episode, but I also want to talk about, um, there's something special coming up with this podcast. And for those of you that don't know, um, we're almost on the six month mark with this podcast, which I think is incredible. Like very significant for me personally, just because I feel like this podcast in the six months that it's been on, I feel like we've already like experienced so many like ups and downs with a lot of things. Um, been a lot of changes already like we're not even this is episode eight so just I feel like between the start and now just so many things have changed and so many things have like been you know good experiences and maybe not so good experiences but for all the people that have been listening since the beginning thank you guys so much Frank included. I'm including you with that because you've listened to the, you know, you've listened to every single episode so far, except for the It Follows episode. We talked about that. Yeah,
1: we talked about that already. (laughs) I've been busy. But I forgive
0: you for that because that's like a pretty recent episode. I just put that up a couple weeks ago, so.
1: He actually slapped him in the face, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I did. No,
0: I didn't. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just wanted to take the time to talk about how special I think that is and how special I think all of you are for taking the time to listen to it and support me and keep me motivated and keep me wanting to do this podcast even when there were times when I didn't want to. So for that, I appreciate it, and thank you all for your love and support. So with that, we'll get right into the movie. And so what movie are we talking about
1: today, Frank? Jeepers Creepers.
0: Yes. Classic horror movie. And I will say, before we get into the movie, I have a personal story of my own with this movie. I don't know if you do.
1: I do, I do, but I'll let you start first, let's, since you're yeah, the let's, host. Let's talk about... No,
0: no, no, you're the guest. You tell us your story first. Oh, I'm the guest. Oh, yeah. Wow.
1: Oh, okay, well... <laughs> okay, so what year did, that, did this movie 2001. come 2001. 2001, yes. I was actually 15 years old. So, my older brother and I used to go to the movies frequently.
0: Wow, you saw this movie in theaters? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm, Were wow. you, like, in kindergarten? During the I, was, I was really young. I think I was... What was
1: I? Make me feel old. I was 10. Make me feel old. Okay, all right. No, I was nine.
0: I wasn't 10 yet. All All
1: right, so I was 15 years old. So me and my older brother went to go see this movie because we thought it was sounding kind of cool. Anyways, we like to get out of the house a lot. So we went to the movie theaters at AMC in Torrance, California, and we went to go see it. When I saw it, I was literally gripping my seat. I was like, holy crap. Seeing this thing... You know, devour people the way it did. It It seemed like Hannibal Lecter, Jaws, <laughs> and even a demonic creature had a menagerie a trois, and mm-hmm. Jeepers Creepers was the one that came out of it. Yeah. <laughs> this thing was like, like a, a nightmare, like nothing mm-hmm. that I've ever seen before. And you know, he, there's not much backstory into him. No, not and I really think that's what makes that, it scary. Yeah, I know yeah. exactly that it makes it so scary. Where does this guy come from? Why does he do this? And you know, towards the end of the movie, you find out that he does this like what every 21 27 years, I think. Or uh, wait, I thought it was 21 years.
0: 23 years. Every 23 years. 23 years.
1: Yeah, all right. Well, you know, that's my, the first time I saw this in 2001 in movie theaters. And after that, I used to have, I was a 15 year old, I was a teenager having nightmares of a a, cre- a, fictional, a fictional creature. So, yeah. Not kind of like, whoa, it stuck to me. That movie was so good that it stuck to me.
0: Yeah, it's it's a good one. And speaking of twenty three years, I actually just saw something on Justin Long's profile on Instagram. He had like something on a story that somebody had posted, and he like reposted it. But it was like um, every twenty, uh, we're coming up on the twenty third spring, so twenty twenty isn't over yet. And then it had a picture of like the creeper, <laughs> which I was like, ooh yeah, that would just be the tip of the iceberg for twenty twenty to have that motherfucker come into <laughs> come into our lives, wouldn't it? <clears throat> but yeah, that's a, uh, yeah. So. I'll stay away
1: from school buses then. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, school buses and long desolate roads in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, with my experience, um, I remember being home alone one night and my parents were just across the street at our neighbor's house. And I remember that movie was on TV because it had just recently came out when, I think it was like, 2003-ish, I think, so it only been out for two years, which, God, I feel so old. I cannot believe this movie is about to hit its 20th anniversary milestone next year. I'm just like, that's insane. I feel so old. Um, But anyway, I remember sitting at home and it was on TV, and me being the curious little, you know, I think I was like 10 or 11 at this point. Yeah, I had to have been 10 or 11. Me being the curious 10 10 or 11-year-old that I was, I was like, oh, this looks cool. So I sat down and started watching it and it got to the part where he was um, in the basement of the church with all the and then like the whole scene with the 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 cop car or the, the tongue scene. I don't want to spoil too much before we get into the actual episode, but like with the, the tongue eating scene. Oh, I know what you're talking <laughs> about. Yeah, little yeah, scene. That movie scared the shit out of me i think i went and hid under my bed and then when my parents came home they found me like shaking underneath my bed and they're like what's wrong with you and i was like nothing nothing because i didn't want to say that i was afraid because i in the movie like he can smell fear and i was like i don't want him to smell my fear he's gonna come find me so (laughs) i mean that that was my experience with this film it scared the shit out of me, and I still love it to this day, still enjoy it, it's a very fun movie, very, very scary.
1: Gory too.
0: Gory too, yeah. But like, not gory in the sense that movies are made nowadays, it's like, it is gory, but it's like, very toned down, I guess. Like, there's gore, but it's not too bad.
1: It was rated R, right?
0: Yeah. I think it's rated R mostly for swearing, though, because they say a lot of the F word in this movie, but... um, But yeah, that's my experience with it. So without further ado, I guess, get into the film itself. So um, the film is directed by Victor Salva, and it stars Gina Phillips, Justin Long, and Jonathan Breck, who plays the Creeper. So, and I have to say, first and foremost, like, this movie is a horror movie, but I think I appreciate, like... The brother and sister relationship more than anything in this film because like it starts out with them driving down the road and they're like in the car and you just get you get a sense of like who these two characters are right off the bat like how they interact with each other how they because they start off with you know it's very faint but i mean i've seen this movie so many times you've seen this movie so many times so like when they're driving down the when it shows the just the first shot of the car just driving down the road you can kind of hear them already kind of talking about bickering -hmm, bickering, bickering. and they're talking about how like he crashed his car or something and how uh, his sister covered for him and stuff like that. So like you just get like a really good insight on these two characters and then uh, goodness. So the first, and also I want to, I want to also explain to the listeners that I listened, I watched this movie last night But I've seen this movie so many times that I didn't really necessarily need to. So I decided instead I'd watch it with commentary because I hadn't, I think I'd watched it with commentary like once or twice before, but it was like years and years ago. So I watched it again with commentary last night and I found out a lot of interesting things. So what did you find out? Well, actually with this scene in particular, um, Gina Phillips talked about how like on day one of shooting, like their B camera operator had a epileptic seizure, awesome yeah so I'm like wow that's a great that's a great way to start the first day of shooting
1: (laughs) foreshadowing pretty much the whole movie itself (laughs) pretty
0: much (laughs) just foreshadowing it's a good way to say it yeah um but yeah day one of shooting I guess they had one of their camera operators fall off the back of the truck and had an epileptic, epileptic seizure so I'm like that's scary but, very uh, scary yeah <laughs> but yeah so it, like starts out with them driving down the road and they're kind of bickering, bickering. with each other mm-hmm. yeah and then they play the license plate game so they like uh Derry like drives up behind like a, yeah. a camping trailer and he's like uh they're trying to like guess the license plate and he's like
1: gay fever no gay forever gay forever and she's like wasn't it sexy for life
0: it's sexy forever cause she's like sexy forever that's a six not a G you idiot that's sexy f- forever that's mine that's five to two and then he's like damn it and she's like gay fever <laughs> <laughs> and then they pull up alongside the the people that are in the in the camping trailer and it's like an old elderly couple and they're just kind of like giving him dirty looks and he's like ooh sexy forever huh <laughs> Uh, Not there. Yeah, I just love, I just, I really love this first scene in particular because I just feel like this is like the one and only scene that you get with the two of them just kind of like talking back and forth normally before shit gets real. And I feel like their relationship with each other is like just so good.
1: It's just a sibling bond, you know, that's about to be torn apart by a eating demon.
0: Pretty much, yeah. And I love, um, I'm, real, I'm actually really glad I watched this with commentary last night because I also learned that Gina Phillips and Justin Long almost did not get casted in this movie because MGM wanted some people from the WB to be on it before it turned into the CW. They wanted actors that were on the WB to be on it, so they almost didn't get casted, but I guess one of the um, casting directors like threw a huge fit and was like, no, these two are going to be in the movie. So, they're in the movie. But I can't imagine this Who was, movie was- supposed to be in the movie? I don't know. They never said. Um, all Gina, all Gina Phillips said was that, or no, Victor Salva said that um, they almost didn't get casted because W um, MGM wanted somebody else from WB to be in it, and so I and can't imagine was, anyone else playing the. Roles. I can't either. I can't either. Like they're so good together. Yeah, their chemistry is amazing, insane, and they look like they could be brother and sister in real life. Like they look the the resemblance is uncanny to me. So it's just a, yeah. Just an amazing like bond between them, an amazing like partnership. Like just the acting in this movie alone is so good because it's so convincing that they're brother and sister. But um anyway, so then they're kind of driving along the road and they're kind of talking about um how uh well they start talking about how like Trisha Trish just broke up with her. I mean, they don't really get into super big detail, but like they talk about how like Trish just broke up with her boyfriend Mr. Polly Psy guy oh as, right as <laughs> um, Derry's character puts it and then um this is when you get your first like
1: look at the paddy wagon of hell
0: y- oh, the bat out of hell basically yeah yeah and it's this beautiful like really cool shot of just them driving along the road and he's like singing the song like the Mr. Polly track team guy song do you remember that part I do
1: not, actually, but well, yeah. When he's like,
0: you broke my
1: heart in
0: two, now I can't find the tape to put it together for you. Come on, girl, sing along <laughs> <off> now. Uh, <laughs> man, I don't, I don't know those words. <laughs> I, as you can see, I've Mexican, clearly I, seen I, I, this movie. I listen to Mexican
1: music. <laughs>
0: <laughs> as you can clearly tell, I've seen this movie a little too many times, but um, as, as he's singing to her, you kind of see just the truck slowly coming up behind them.
1: But I think they were talking about their mother. The siblings were talking about their mother? Oh, the no, no, son? no. That's,
0: like, in a later scene. What was um, it? So they're talking about... Uh, yeah, they're talking about their mom in the later scene when they see the the guy at the church. Ah. Yeah. So we'll get that a little bit later. But, um... Yeah, so, like, then you get, like, the first instance of the creeper's truck, which is terrifying. It's, like, this big-ass, like... What would you describe it as? What would you described this truck. I don't to, even know. Like,
1: well, to me it looks like a not a van, but I've never seen the paddy wagon before either, but it just looks like a a truck that doesn't have, the, you know, the back that it just covers. It looks like a meat wagon pretty much. Mm-hmm, Something that yeah. carries meat inside of it, but not meat. Just just human people. Human, people.
0: human bodies, yeah. <laughs> so it comes like driving right up to their like bumper basically and it's like honking the horn is scary too the horn is terrifying, terrifying. Uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> it's just the sound of it is just so jarring and so like they're trying to like they're swerving and it's swir- trying to run them off the road basically and then finally it just... i think it
1: was trying to bait them or oh, bait them into so a too. reaction of fear mm-hmm. that's that thing that was trying to that was the intent yeah of that
0: so it's like running them off the road, or trying to run them off the road, and then it just, like, drives, goes speeding off and drives by. And then they um, talk about the license plate, because the license plate specifically says beating you on it. Yeah. Well, that's what um, dairy interprete- interprets it at, but we all know it's "be eating, or is it "be eating you? Be eating you, yeah. yes. So um, that's, you find that, I mean, obviously you find that out later on, that that's what that license plate means, but... Then um, they kind of start talking about a very important kind of plot point. It's a very subtle plot point, but it, like, kind of um, reveals itself a little bit later on. Not too much later, but it's, like, has to do with something that happens in the basement. But they start talking about how um, Trisha's character brings up—she's like, you know what I just thought of, right? And then Derry's like, Kenny and Darla— and the urban like, legend. It was mm-hmm. they
1: considered it an urban legend. Supposedly,
0: yeah, about how two high school sweethearts disappeared on this highway like thirty years ago, or twenty years ago, back in like nineteen seventy-eight, and they only found the car. They never found either one of them. But um, they're basically talking about how, yeah, they're basically talking about Kenny and Darla and like how it was the same highway and and I also think this scene is very important not just because of the Kenny and it sets up the Kenny and Darla storyline, but it also sets up the, the, and I'll bring this up later. I don't want to spoil too much right now, but Trish says, says something along the lines of when I first heard that story, um, I always thought this was the highway I would, I would die on. And so it kind of gives you a sense of like, maybe this character isn't our, our it gives you like a, a, it makes you think that maybe Trish is the one that's going to be in danger. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's very, I think it's, this scene is very important to talk about just because it sets up the Kenny and Darla storyline, but then it also kind of like sets up the stakes for the characters going forward. So then you're like, these characters are never safe. These characters, you know, are going to, you know, you don't know if these characters are going to live and die. At the when end. she
1: said that, I was like, that was pretty cryptic of her to say that <laughs> during that time because I would never say that right down the road. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's just, uh, she comes to me as a, a the, well, she's the older one, right?
0: I believe so. Yeah, yeah. she is
1: the older one. So she's kind of has to have that mentality where she's a strong one since she's the older sibling. Mm-hmm. And as Long as a silly one because he's a young one. Yep. Her saying that kind of j- just brings her demeanor down to like, I'm ready to die or something like that I don't
0: know. <laughs> yeah like she's ready to sacrifice herself if possible if she needs to kind of a thing yeah um, but yeah so then uh, this is the scene that you were talking about when they're talking about their mom cause she's like uh, well cause there's a scene where they're like take a stop to pee and Trish is like have you talked to mom recently and he's like told her I'd be home for break and she's like did you listen to her voice and he's like would you specify please and she's like forget it and then, um, I also like the the sibling rivalry, rivalry between them in the scene, because they do the whole, like, um, when she's like, mama's boy, and then he's like, daddy's whore, she's like, dick licker, ball sniffer, ass kisser, but Again, bickering at the same time, <laughs> yeah. and we all done that,
1: I've done that with my older brother, my older sister, even my younger <laughs> brothers, but still, you know, yeah. that's what siblings do, and... When they were doing that, it just gave us like a little bit of comic relief during that little instant.
0: Yeah, I love, I love the bits of, I love the bits of comic relief that are sk- kind of sprinkled throughout this movie to kind of give the audience a, a breather. Even though you don't really get much of a breather in this film, like it's not really much of a, like a relaxing film at all. Especially after this scene, it just all hell breaks loose, basically. So then after this scene they're, um, driving along and she kind of brings up her mom again. She's like, um, she hasn't been happy for a long time. And Derry's like, well, who is, you know? And then this is when you see the first, well, this is, this is the first scene that you actually see the creeper, like, and it's terrifying. The scene, every time I watch it, it gives me chills because I just imagine like I put myself in that situation and imagine you and I are driving down like this desolate highway No other cars for miles, no other houses, and you just see like this church, and then all of a sudden you see this, like this guy in this long trench coat and a hat, like just tossing something that looks like a body down a pipe, like which is basically what they see. So they're driving by this old church, and they see the guy that was driving like the, the bat out of hell fucking car, just basically, just casually tossing bodies down this pipe. But then he
1: notices them watching him, and he just turns around, gives them this evil stare. It's yeah, like, you just saw me to do that. I'm and he just, come get you. <laughs> and he just
0: stands there too, and that's the creepy part. Like yeah. there's just like a long shot as the you know as the car goes by, so to him just standing there watching them. And I'm just like, oh, that's terrifying. And then they keep driving, but then they realize that the creeper van is starting to follow them again. And then this is the scene that you were talking about where they're like, oh my god, what is he having that thing? It's like souped up or something because Correct. it's like it's like literally driving so fast to catch up to them. But then, like, you see it just, like, zooming up, and then it, like, smashes into the back of them. As the, the creeper starts trying to run them off the road again. A little more aggressively this time than the first time, I think, because now it's, like, sma- it's, like running into the back of them. And so, finally, dairy just kind of, like, swerves off the road, and they drive into, like, this field. And then you just see, you get, like, this really beautiful shot. Like, I'm, like, all, <laughs> for all the listeners, and for Frank, I'm sure, if you guys have listened to all my episodes, I'm very much a connoisseur of cinematography i fucking love cinematography that's like the biggest thing when i watch movies is i just love the way (laughs) scenes are shot so like there's this really cool shot of you just see the the creeper van just driving off in the distance and then it kind of like goes down and you see them like in the car kind of like just hyperventilating and then it cuts to the next scene which is Derry's basically trying to like tie down the back of the, like, the trunk of the car with his underwear. <laughs> yeah. Like, trying to get it to, you know, not... Close. Yeah, because it won't close now. And this is the scene where they talk about going back to the church to see what he dumped down the pipe. And Trish is like... Trish is like, see, this is why girls are smarter, okay? Because <laughs> she makes the line of, like, how people in horror movies are so dumb and... Um, how he just wants to go back to the pipe to see if there's something nasty at the other end. And then he kind of does something that's like kind of fucked up to kind of get her to go back. He's like, what if it was you down there? And then, yeah. yeah. And then she's like, I'm not getting out of the car. And then they get back to the church. And like, this is where it really gets shit. Pretty much
1: dairy was a curious one. Everyone's heard that saying, curiosity killed the cat.
0: Exactly, yep. And that's basically what Trish tells him. She's like, I don't want to know what's at the end of the pipe. We're just gonna go. I just want to go to the nearest phone and call the police and tell them what we saw. And they can deal with it. But Derry, of course, is the you know stubborn. He's the he's the epitome of the stupid person in the horror movie that does the the, bat the wrong thing. The dumb choices. Yep, and so they end up going. Which I wonder. You know, obviously, this is a horror movie, and people have to make dumb decisions for this for a horror movie to be, but I wonder if, like, if they would never have gone back to the church, would this any of this happened? Because I don't think so. Pretty sure. Pretty yeah. sure. So it's like, damn it, Derry, you really fucked up, didn't you? <laughs> but uh, they get back to the church, and there's, like, all these crows. I remember there being a lot of crows, too. And I feel like the crows almost act as a warning, like, oh, um...
1: A sign of death, I would say.
0: Basically, yeah, and they almost—it's almost like they communicate with the creeper in a way to let him know like what's going because they're like squawking and shit. And try, I feel like it's almost like they're trying to get the creeper's
1: attention, like uh "Oh, there's people here." I think you, they were trying to warn Derry, Justin Long, like "Stay away, stay away." Mm-hmm. But yeah. you know, Derry wasn't about that. He just wanted to see what was down that pipe.
0: Exactly. So then they get to the pipe, and the thing that I thought about. Or the thing that i thought was cool about this scene in particular when i watched the commentary last night is they said that like all the shots like of the interior of the pipe like of them looking down into it were on a stage so like all the outside stuff like when you see them like on the exterior of the pipe when it shows like the church in the background that's like on on uh location but then when it shows like the interior of the pipe it's like on a set and you can't even tell like it it's, it doesn't even look like um so
1: the church was no was the church it, was the, Is it real? Yeah, no, the church is real. I
0: would like to see that church. It got burned down. What? Really? Yeah, and they <laughs> they talk about in the commentary that they think they know who did who burned down the church because I guess there was a guy that owned like a plot of land across this across the road from the church and he got tired of people like driving by and always wanting to go to the church and stuff because once this movie came out it was like huge and I guess they <laughs> there's like an there's like an urban legend type of thing that the guy that owned the Land on the other side of the road was the one that burned down the church. Oh wow! <laughs> because he was sick of people like disturbing. Was he
1: sick of people, or was he actually hiding bodies down there?
0: Ooh, ooh! ooh now we're getting into some Kenny and Darla-ish territory, urban legend shit. I,
1: I, I want to be like Derry right now, just not Just let's go over there, you and I right now, and <laughs> so see if that church actually burned down and actually go down that pipe. Oh my God! Don't let go of my legs though.
0: I don't know. No promises. If there's some rats down there and you're kicking, I don't know. (laughs) I won't be kicking. But, um, yeah, so they get to the pipe and they're, like, looking down and um, they go to, like, or they go to walk away and then you kind of hear, like, a faint, like, it sounds like a moan or a yell or something.
1: Oh, it was a moan. Yeah. And then
0: Derry, like, runs back and he's like, I heard something. And so he starts... Lowering himself into the pipe, which, first of all, that pipe looks disgusting. Like, the entire pipe just looks gross. I'm like, I wouldn't... mm -mm, Nope. I would not be crawling into that pipe. Why not? It just looked gross. And? So? It had, like, liquid on it. Like, it looks slimy. Like, it just looks gross. And, like, his sister's, like, holding him by the ankles. And then he's like, I see something moving. And then all of a sudden you just see, like, a bunch of rats. Like, just on the... And he, like, starts freaking out, and he's kicking, and she's trying to hold on, but then she, like, lets him go, and he goes sliding down the pipe, and there's just this really cool shot of him falling back, and then, like, hitting the ground. Which
1: doesn't make sense, because he was in head first, so wouldn't he just kind (laughs) of go in head first?
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that's... Hollywood! (laughs) Hollywood. Yeah. But the way, I guess the way they did that scene is they actually had Justin Long on a skateboard, and, like, just had him, like just pushed him back against a wall. So, like, it looked, it gives the illusion of him falling. But he was really just on a skateboard, and then they, like, kind of made it look like he was just falling. But I think that's cool, the way they did that. Because I've always wanted to know how they did that shot, because I always thought that shot was super cool. But, like, he's basically out cold, and then Trisha's at the top of the pipe, and she's, like, freaking out. She's, like...
1: Daddy, you know,
0: <laughs> yeah, screaming out, screaming at the top of her lungs. And he finally, wait, like, he finally comes to... I think he moans. Yeah, he's like, yeah. (laughs) She's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, you're okay. And he's like, she's like, there were rats coming at my face and he was like, they were coming at me too, Trish. And she's like, well, you're the one that wanted to come back and have a little adventure. And he's like, oh, shut up. Like just the, I just love the back and forth between them. And I don't know how much of that was scripted and how much of that was just like improv between the two of them. But I just feel like a lot of it, could have very well been improv just like the fact that they work so well off each other so I just feel like a lot of it could have just very well been improv but um anyway so he's like putting his shoes back on cause he's like and then he has like a hole in his shirt cause you can see like the tattoo like on his the stomach flower. Mm-hmm, the flower mm-hmm. the yep and uh he's putting his shoes back on and then he like looks over to his left and then that's when you see like a body wrapped in like a tarp type of thing yeah and so like he goes to walk towards there's the body. There's blood stains on it too. Mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. He goes to walk toward the the body. And you can you can still hear Trish. Like she's like, What's going on down there? And he's like, I found our body. And she's like, You what? And he's like, I found our and then like whoever's like under the tarp, like grabs his foot. And then <clears throat> basically Derry's trying to like open the the cloth or whatever. So he does, and there's like a kid underneath. And I guess according to the director when they filmed this scene the kid's mom like i guess this kid when this kid auditioned the director was like this this kid's the one this is the one that i want to do it and i guess when they went to film it the kid's mom was on set and was like standing like right over their shoulder like in that shot so he never got like the perfect performance that he wanted out of him but i personally think the kid the guy for like only not even having any lines even I think he did pretty good. He mutters
1: something. I don't even know to this day what he mutters. I
0: think it's took my something. I think it's he took my because he's like well, first he like reaches for like his stomach and Derry like rips open the rest of like the the sheet or whatever and you just see like his entire stomach is just sewn up and it's not even like sewn up good. It's just very crudely and it's disgusting looking. It's so gross looking. And it's just, like, really disturbing. I think the makeup, for the most part, in this movie still holds up pretty well. Um, it's
1: pretty good. Out of all the Jeepers Creepers, that's still my favorite. I mean, it still, it still looks the best. It's
0: just a classic. This movie yeah. is so good. Um,
1: but there face, His eyes were wide open. <sighs> he was in full terror mm-hmm. seeing what happened to this young guy.
0: <laughs> yeah. And then I guess... Um, Yeah, so I guess the mom was standing over the guy the entire scene. And the director's like, I don't know why she was standing over him as if she thought we were evil Hollywood people. And in my mind I'm thinking, um, either that or maybe she just heard the rumors or maybe she just heard the, you know, shit about you and was like, I don't want you sexually assaulting my son. (laughs) Which we didn't get into that until was that
1: that something that was already going on during the film? Really?
0: Oh, no no no. So so I guess Before we got into this, we should have explained to the listeners. So there is a bit of controversy surrounding this film with the director because back in the day, in the 80s, I think it was, he filmed like a movie, I I think it was called Clown House or something. It was like a horror movie. And he sexually assaulted like a 10 or 11-year-old boy on the set of that movie. And he got sent to prison for it, but he only served like not even half of his sentence he like served like maybe a year and a half two years or something like that i don't know the whole i don't know all the facts on it i didn't really care to know because he's kind of just that's kind of a scummy person and so like i don't think at the time when this movie came out too many people knew about that but like in this day and age with like internet and you know people being able to research on their own like when jeepers creepers 3 came out there were so many people that were like boycotting this film like um, even the kid himself, like, the kid himself from the Clown House movie was like, don't go see this movie. Um, don't support this director, you know. And so, I, I as, as controversial as it is to talk about this movie, um, I do believe that there is such a thing as separating the art from the artist. And so, with this film, like, in particular, like, I love this film, even if it's plagued with, you know whatever the director did in the past, I still think it's a great film.
1: When you told me about the director, what happened, I still, I, I still made up my mind, well, I still love this movie, even though the director's a piece of, sh- you know, piece of <laughs> shit, but, yeah. the movie's still great. Yeah, you know? oh yeah. Like you said, you can't separate the art from the artist, so. Exactly.
0: Yep. So, yeah. So, so I'm, I'm like, I was like kind of laughing to myself last night when the director said that he's like, I don't know why the mom was hovering as if she thinks we're like evil Hollywood people or any, or something. And I'm like, well, maybe it's because you're a registered sex offender. That could be the, that could be the issue. (laughs) But anyway, yeah. So then, um, he's like trying to say something to Darian, like you said, you were like, I don't know what he's saying, but I'm pretty sure he says something along the lines of, he took, he, he took, took my it. something, and then he like dies. His
1: his lips were blue too.
0: Oh yeah, he looks, yeah, he doesn't look like he's gonna make it. No. <laughs> um, sorry, buddy. Yeah, sorry, man. But <laughs> first uh, casualty in the movie. Yep, but he dies, and then, um, I just love. Justin Long's performance in this whole film. Like specifically this scene though, because like he just looks so like he just looks so in shock and and he keeps exploring the rest of this basement, which I will say the set design in this film is amazing as well. Cause like this whole basement set is so fucking awesome. Like I thought it was CGI. Wasn't no, it a CGI? No, it was. That was no, actually sure it's like a full set, yeah. Oh wow. It's amazing. And uh he like walks up to this table and you kind of see like um on the table, you kind of see a carving of, like, the creeper a little bit. Like, a little bit of, like, a crude carving. And I just... Like I said, there's just the set design in this film is incredible. And then um, he, like, trips over his shoe and realizes it's untied. So he bends down to start tying it. And then you just see, like, a drop of something. I don't know if it's in fluid or what it is.
1: Something sticky.
0: <clears throat> something gross, yeah. And then he, like, looks up and you just start to realize that there's just... Well, and I also love how in the scene where he's tying his shoe, he, like, puts the flashlight under his arm. His armpit, yeah. And then you see, There's, like, behind him, like, you see, like, a little, like, in the circle of the flashlight, you see, like, just some bodies. Yeah, some bodies right there. I
1: remember seeing this scene in theaters, and I was thinking to myself, oh, my God, something bad's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I was, started bracing myself for the worst, not knowing that it was going to be, like, a whole chapel full of bodies. <sighs> well, actually, a basement chapel full of bodies. Yeah, right? yeah,
0: yeah. Floor to ceiling, just bodies everywhere. And then um, there's, like, this, this really cool shot as he realizes that there's these bodies all over the ceiling as, like... Um, it's just a wide shot of, like, the whole basement. And then the the as the light slowly starts fading in, you realize that it's just literally wall-to-ceiling bodies. And it's just insane. <laughs> it's fucking terrifying. Countless and, bodies. hmm And then this scene is also why I talked about, like, the Kenny and Darla storyline, because as he keeps walking around the basement, he comes across the bodies of Kenny and Darla, and they're, like, they're like holding hands, and, um, <clears throat> you see, like, the class ring, and it says, like, Wheaton Valley High, and... Does it say the year? No, I it, but no, I know it's 78, year. because I think, uh, Trish brings it up in the car, because she's like, Wheaton... Uh, I always heard it was true. Wheaton Valley High, class of 78. Yeah, so it was 78. And then, um... So after that, you see that, oh, well, and then she also talks about how, like, they never found her, the car, or he's, and then he says they found her head, or whatever, they found her, but they never found her head, basically, like, and that's kind of funny, because that's, like, how urban legends are passed on from one generation to the other, like, one part of the story is always different stories are always watered people. down mm-hmm. in
1: Legends but in this instance you know he sees both the bodies and he sees that the heads have been sewn so on and the mm-hmm. bodies are so well preserved it's just it was shocking seeing those bodies right there so well preserved and Derry's face looking at him just oh the shock Sh- the look in his face yeah, yeah even even me watching this in theater, I wasn't even shocked like Dear God, like what is this movie about? <laughs> You're like, oh God, what are we getting what are, what did we get ourselves into? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I was thinking to myself, I'm a 15-year-old kid, why am I so terrified? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then it uh after that it cuts to this
0: beautiful See, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about a lot of shots in this film, particularly because this film, as old as it is, like the the cinematography in this film is still beautiful to me. So there's this beautiful shot of just Trish standing on the side of the road, like in front of the car. And the background's like blurred and she's just kind of standing there and then all of a sudden you just see like the oh, headlights. Oh, the flashlights. Mm-hmm. The, the headlights. The headlight scenes. Yep. The headlights, yeah. And you just, and like this scene is like anxiety inducing because you see it, but she doesn't see it yet because she like, and that's the way they wanted the scene to be. They wanted her to take as long as possible to realize that there's a truck coming. So like literally at the like, the last second she just happens to turn around and the truck's, like, coming. And so she gets into the tr- car and starts trying to, like, <clears throat> move it, and then you realize that it's just, like, a hay truck. Yeah, it's, it's just a hay truck.
1: It's a regular truck, so it was, like, an intense moment for nothing. hmm
0: That scene is genius, though, because I just feel like that... This movie was, like, made during a time before all those, like, cheap little... uh fake-out scares were becoming a thing. So, like, this scene... In particular, like every time I watch it, even if even though I know that it's not the the creeper truck itself, it, it still, still gives me, yeah, like like, oh me chills. Like I'm just like, oh god, oh god, it's coming, yeah. And so,
1: in my head, I was like, hurry up, white girl, hurry up, turn on that car, <laughs> on, get your brother, get your brother. <laughs> <laughs> what is she
0: doing? She's taking way too damn long. Oh god, yeah. And then, um this is when Derry like comes and like smacks against the window oh there was
1: yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He smacks it against the window mm-hmm. yeah and he terrifies the hell of everyone inside the theater oh, I remember I still remember that part specifically a terrified white boy looking inside the window to her sister and I was like oh my god we just got done with this scene that thinking that cheaper <laughs> Peepers is coming
0: yep it's like it, it, and that's I feel like that scene is so genius because it like gives you like a little bit of a fake out and this was also before they would do that in horror movies, like, where they would do, like, the fake-out scare, but then the jump scare would follow after it. I feel like this is one of the first movies that, like... Presented that. that. hmm mm. yep. Presented that concept, so it works really well for this film in particular. And I guess in the commentary, when I wa- listened to it last night, I guess Justin Long had to prepare for 45 minutes to get this, like, the look in his eyes, you know, when he's, like, plastered against the window, and she's, like, asking him, like she's like, she's, like, dairy? And he's, like, not even responding to her. I guess he had to, like take 45 minutes, maybe more than 45 minutes just to get that, like in that mindset. Hmm. But it I mean, it works like the look on his face is just haunting. Like it's just pure, absolute pure terror. Like, and it's just his performance in this film. Like both of them are amazing in this film, but anyway, and then it like cuts to, I think if
1: I was doing that scene, it would take me probably like five minutes, not to brag, but <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, growing up in a Latino family, my mother was terrifying, so it was my dad, but still. That's all I had to think about.
0: Well, you know what? Maybe I'll have to test your acting chops and put you in one of my movies someday.
1: Oh, hey, you know, I don't come cheap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Pay me in beer. Pay you? Okay, I can do that. That's fair. I'll pay you in beer. Um,
0: <laughs> <laughs> it better be good beer. It'll be that uh, whatever you brought today. Corona. Mean, corona, yeah. Not the
1: virus, Corona. Corona, yeah. The beer. <laughs>
0: But um, anyway, then it cuts to them, like, getting to this gas station, and uh, they go inside, and they're... I love how, like, at first when they go inside, everybody just kind of turns around and just staring at them. There's something very, like... And they, they mentioned that in the commentary, too, but I had thought about it before I watched the commentary. There's something very, like, Twilight Zone about, like, this diner, and just the way they, like, go in, and just everyone's, like, staring at them. It's, like, just really weird. Like, this... Because at first they're like, you can clearly tell they're like in some sort of like danger because the way they come in and she asks the waitress, she's like, I need to use your phone to call the police. And the waitress is just like, the police. It's like as if she's like, have never heard of the police. As if
1: they've never seen someone distressed before in (laughs) panic.
0: Right. And then finally she's just like, please. And then the lady's like, okay, God. So. um, And everyone's looking at
1: him and she gives us like the dirtiest look to everyone in in the. I love that. Yeah, because yeah. that's when the payphone rings yeah. and scares the absolute shit out of them. That's 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 where it sets up as the sibling. She's like the older sister and she's the stronger mm-hmm. one because she's giving everyone a dirty look saying that, hey, don't mess with <laughs> fuck me. Fuck off. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so, um, they're basically... Oh, well, before, when they're outside of the um, gas station, they see the creeper truck zoom by. And so they're like, fuck, he's going to go back to that church because Derry makes mention of the fact that there, he's going to go back to the church, and he's going to know that they were there. And then that's when the the uh, payphone goes off. And then he answer, or Trish answers at first, and she's like, this is when you get introduced to the character of Giselle. And, she's a medium. Mm-hmm. She
1: doesn't call herself a medium, but you can tell that, you know, I don't want to spoil it, but she kind of says that she has what? Dreams. Dreams. She has, like,
0: dreams, yeah. And it, I like how they don't subtly, like... Um, explain her character like in this scene like right away like because you see her later at the police station and it gives her more of like a
1: she's like a concerned looky-loo yeah yeah so
0: exactly so you're like who's this fucking loony so like literally trish answers the phone and the first thing that giselle says is have you seen the cats yet and giselle's and uh trish is like what she's like you and your brother i saw you with lots of cats and she's like how do you know my brother or she's like how do you know dairy and then Derry picks up the phone and he's like, Who is I'm pretty, this? I'm pretty sure
1: Derry takes the phone away from her. Yeah, he does. <laughs> he doesn't <laughs> he even snatches it. From he her.
0: snatches that shit, yeah. And then he's like, how uh he's like, Who is this? And she's like, You found its house. She's talking about like its house of pain. That's oh, what the house it. House of pain. I was thinking about mm-hmm. that.
1: Like, I know there's another word other than the chapel or the chapel of horror. I think yeah. there was a word for it, but yeah, yeah, you're right. The house of pain.
0: Yeah, she's talking about like she's like, that's what it likes to call it. It's house of pain. And then he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, and then she talks about like the license plate. And he's like, she's think like, about it. yeah, she's like, think about it for Christ's sake. Oh, hold on. And then she like puts on the, puts on the song. And this is when you get introduced to the, the Jeepers Creepers song.
1: Jeepers Creepers. Where'd, where'd you, get you get those peepers? Yep. Creepies. Wow. No, and i no, my... sing along with you. See, I'm getting into it. <laughs> there we go. There yeah. we go. Uh, loosen... It Woo.
0: Yeah. And then it's, the beer. <laughs> it's loosening you up. Um, but yeah every time I hear that song creeps me out. I don't hear that song very often. which
1: version there's I think there's several versions. there's
0: several versions in this movie yeah, there's only but I think the one that she plays on the record player is the creepiest
1: does not get does not spoil that part because I think to me that's like the most terrifying part. Its pussy. the song? Yeah yeah the song, oh yeah. yeah
0: and then she basically is talking about like when you hear that song you run and I don't mean run. I mean, you get the fuck out of there, basically, is what she's saying, because... She got ghetto. Yeah, and then he's like, fuck you, lady. Like, he hangs up the phone, and then he, like, runs up to the the door of the cafe, or the diner, and he's like, let's just talk to the cops and get the hell out of here. So then it comes to, like, the... And I wrote, I made sure to write this in my notes, because I'm a thirsty hoe. I said... (laughs) shot of Justin Long with his shirt off best part of the movie because there's like a part where he's like changing clothes you're a thirsty hoe I am a thirsty hoe
1: good choice of words yep I'm a a
0: thirsty (laughs) hoe guys um but most people that know me already know that already (laughs) but yeah so there's like the next shot of Trish and Derry like standing there and yeah like I said shot of Justin Long with his shirt off amazing um but then the police come over and they're like questioning him about like what he saw and he tells them about like Kenny and Darla and how they were like hard like petrified wood like he preserved them and how like he has like bodies all over the church like I love this line because he says it's like a psycho version of the Sistine Chapel basically and then um, he's like you don't believe me drive out to the old church if you don't believe me and
1: he was frantic when he was explaining this to the cops yeah, he his, was very frantic he even grabbed one of the cops yeah, by the arm like, which is a no no in these times but because you'll probably get taser shot yep oh but, yeah. yeah you know it just, it just explains how panicked he was very mm-hmm. how frightened he was of this thing What he just saw it. he's never seen death before exactly
0: yeah oh and then I also forgot to mention I also wanted to say insert hot cop here because the cop that he's talking to like the male cop so hot like what He's an, older, he's an older guy, but he's just so hot. I just find him so attractive. But a uh, stripper gram cop is what they refer to him as, though, in oh. like the later scene. but You know, he's much
1: older now, right?
0: Yeah, but he was hot back in the day, oh, so, well. you know. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So then, um, as he's talking to the cops, the lady from the diner runs up, and she's like, is that your car out there by the pumps? So then they go to run out, and basically, like, his laundry is just thrown all over the place like someone was just going through like the laundry basket and the lady the lady at the diner is basically like there was a man there standing at your car he was sniffing that laundry holding huge handfuls of it under his nose it looked like he was liking it too like just the way she says it i know (laughs) (laughs) and then he and then he basically is like um because I guess Trish makes a... Or he makes a comment late, earlier, like, before the cops talk to him. He's like, you think I bumped my head? And Trish is like, I didn't say that. And he's like, well, you believe me, right? You know, because, like, Trish doesn't really believe him right now. Which, I mean, Does like, she
1: give the notion of that? I don't know. I don't think... I didn't yeah, she kind of... Thought that.
0: I mean, she doesn't give the notion that she doesn't believe him exactly. But she's kind of just, like, maybe... She, Second guessing. Yeah, she's like, maybe... you didn't see what you think you saw kind of a thing, maybe. I don't know. Or he's like picking up his laundry, but then he goes to the side of the car and he's like, do you guys need a fingerprint? And then they go up to the car and Derry's basically like, could we dust that? or something?" And the in. cop
1: replies, I think it's already been done.
0: Yeah, basically, yeah. And then this is when you get like the, you get a shot of Trish and you get like this little, there's like um, a billboard behind her and you just hear like this like slight sound of like wings, like a whoo. And then you see, like, a shadow go by the, the um... Yeah, I remember, yeah. Yeah. And then you're like... Oh, no sh-.
1: one knows that this guy can fly yet.
0: Yeah, and that's, like, the cool thing. That's like I like how this movie literally is kind of like an onion. It just kind of keeps unwrapping, like, layers and layers of, like, this storyline with, like, the creeper. You find out more and more about him as, like, the story goes on, and I just love that. That's, like, one of my favorite parts of this movie is because I just feel like it doesn't spell things out for you right away about, like, what this thing is. Cause you think it's a man at first. Cause it looks like a man. And then the more you watch it, you're like, that ain't no man. No. Nope. <laughs> um, but then after that, it like cuts to like a shot of them driving down the highway and the cop car is like following Trish and dairy. So they're in the front and the cops behind them. And there, this is when you get the scene of them talking about like the stripogram cop. Cause right. he's like, he's like, don't tell me you like him. And she's like, who? And she's like, and then he like gestures to the cop and she's like, Oh please. When he walked in, I thought the waitress had dialed the wrong number. He looked like a stripogram cop. And, like, this is, like, the like another really good moment of just comedic relief between the two of them, um, as, like, brother and sister. Classic brother and sister mm-hmm. bickering. Yeah. And I guess, apparently, maybe I heard this wrong in the commentary, but I'm pretty sure Trish and Derry wrote this scene, or, like, wanted to put this scene in there about the stripper Graham cops. So the whole scene with them talking about it, I think, is pretty much improv Trish starts uh, messing with the radio. Yeah, it was Trish. Mm-hmm. And
1: then uh, Derry hears the song for a brief second and he's yeah. like wait go back and he starts grabbing the, the radio starts tuning it back to the mm-hmm. song
0: and it's like an 80s version of the Jeepers Creepers song and then you get like this really cool shot of like in front of their like as if the car is like on the hood of the car and you see just this fucking man standing on top of the cop car behind him oh,
1: right. as they're
0: like bickering and arguing about the song and he's like this is the song and Trish is like what are you talking about like what have you been smoking and he's like this is the song the lady on the and then it cuts back to the cops in the car. The person on the cop radio is basically talking about how, like, the church...
1: Was being burnt down. Yeah, it's right? on fire, like... They were pretty much asking the cops, are you sure you don't have a sense of pyro there? Because the church is engulfed in flames, pretty much, telling them that the church is fully being burnt down at the moment.
0: Yeah, and then they also talk about how, like, the dust that they got off the car handle was dead skin, like, long dead. And then the cops, like, say what? <laughs> and then you hear just, like, this, like, thump on the roof of the car and then the
1: your sexy cop says <laughs> he's like i think the sky, the sky is falling. falling yeah
0: and so like the lady that's in the car next to him she like goes out to look and then it just shows like
1: i, I remember during that scene i was thinking oh dumbass cop is gonna stick her head out the window yeah something's yep. on the roof of your car and you can just, the first thing you're going to do is <laughs> stick your head out the window i know right and then it just shows like a pair of
0: feet and then all of a sudden she just goes flying out of the car and you never like you never like shows, like, if she survived that or not. I feel like she would have.
1: I don't think she, no. No, you don't think so? No. Nah. You think she died? <laughs> yeah, she She died. I'm pretty sure she died.
0: And then, all of a sudden, just, like, a hand just comes, like, down through the roof of the car and grabs, like, Hot Cop. I'm just gonna call him Hot Cop from now on, because he is pretty hot. And then, like, yanks his head up through, like, the hole. And then, you see, like, just the creeper, like, pull out like, this huge fucking axe. Axe, yeah. It's huge. Double,
1: double-sided yep. axe. And then he just chops the... Your sexy uh, cop's head off. Yep. Yeah. Goodbye, hot cop. Yeah, it wasn't that the last time, though. It wasn't the last scene of him. That's well. true. <laughs> and then it cuts back to Derry and Trish,
0: and then all of a sudden you just see the head, like, bounce off the fucking Okay, let's and, not say head, windshield. let's say sexy cop's head. Oh, sorry. Hot cop's head bounces off the, the hood of the car, and so they, like, stop. Like, they slam on the brakes, and then you get, like, this cool, like, shot of, like, the car's just, like, you know... And so, and I I think this is probably my favorite scene of the whole movie to be honest with you because it's just so intense. Because they get out of the car, and I just love how there's just like you just hear the sound of crickets in the background. It's just silent, and then yeah. you kind of hear like the car idling, and then um, Trish and Derry just kind of stand there for a moment, and Trish goes to like walk up to the cop car, and then Derry realizes that there's like blood on the top of the car, and he's like basically trying to get her to come back, but she she she's like. Trying to, she's like, "Are you okay in there?" And then you kind of see the creeper sitting in the driver's seat, and then uh, she goes to approach it, but then she sees the hot cop's head on the on the road, like in front of the car. And so she I don't goes, think she
1: realizes it's the the cop's head. I don't know. I don't think she does. I mean, I' am pretty sure she has an idea, but then once uh, Derry starts calling her back, she kind of like, "Okay, this is not good."
0: Yeah, she like she realizes it's a head, and yeah. then. And then the creeper, like, opens the door, and so she goes running back to the car, and then they're just, like, sitting there watching him. And then he gets out of the car, and he, like, starts whistling. He's, like,
1: like whistling. Yeah, the song, the, the song. Yeah. The song Jeepers, and then Jeepers he song. just, like, picks up the head. And it's like starts uh, biting off your sexy well, cop's first head, he's uh, like tongue, right?
0: Yeah, he picks up hot cop's head, and then I love how in the background, did you ever notice this, how the... Um, the billboard in the background is, like, a a butcher, like, holding, like, a slab of meat, and it's, like, tastes so damn good, or tastes so darn good. Did you ever notice that? No, I don't think I
1: ever noticed that. (laughs) Yeah,
0: so there's a billboard behind the creeper as he's, like, eating the cop's tongue, and it's, like, this billboard that says, tastes so darn good. It's so funny. Like, I just love it. I mean, it's, like, a mixture of horrifying, but, like, funny at the same time. Like, very self-aware. But, um, like, first he, like, picks up the head and starts, like, smelling it which is really weird. And then he like just starts like eating the fucking cop, hot cops tongue, like just pulling it out. And then, so they just go peeling off and that, Ooh, I remember that scene specifically is the scene that like fucking scarred me when I was a kid. When I saw that on TV, I was like, Nope. Nope fuck that, I'm done. I turned the TV off after that. I was like, I couldn't watch it anymore. Well, I didn't have the luxury
1: of turning it off. I paid to see a full (laughs) movie, so I was there with the crowd of people. (laughs) Like, what the hell is this thing doing to that guy's head? Right. I mean, I remember, yeah, it's smelling it for like almost what? Five seconds? And then then he starts making out with it, I thought. I was Mm -hmm. like, oh, okay. This just turned into some other different type of movie. But then you see the tongue coming out. I was like, oh, dear God.
0: Gross. And then it cuts to like a shot of like, the creeper, like, throwing the head into or throwing the body of the cop into the back of the... Paddy wagon. Paddy wagon, yeah. And then he shuts it, but then he opens it again and tosses the head in there, too. <laughs> so it's, like, a shot of him just throwing the body in, and then it shuts, and then he opens it again, puts his hat on, like, I love how he just, like, and then throws the head in there. and he just, has a sense of style. Yeah. He, he has a sense of flair, dramatic flair. Um, and then he, like, just slams the door again. And then they're, like, it cuts to, like, a shot of them, like, Trish just, just driving like probably 120 miles down the road and he's like slow down I said slow down and then she just like slams on the brakes and I love how just conveniently she just happens to slam on the brakes in front of this one house.
1: This is uh, the scene for the cats
0: <laughs> the cat lady yeah the crazy cat lady and um, I have a lot of good memories with this film because I remember I used to like watch this film with um, my best friend because she lived with us at one point when we were going to college together And we would put this film, like, we would put this movie on quite often. More so of just a movie that we'd put on in the background when we were doing nothing better, you know? we just put it on in the background and just kind of listen to it as background noise. And this scene in particular, like, we have a... I wrote a couple of quotes down in my notes because, I don't know, we just find them really funny. Me and my friend, like, always quote them to each other. But um, they get to this house and um, they meet this lady... I mean, she doesn't really have a name in the movie. She's just referred to as Cat Lady, Crazy Cat Lady. Yeah, and she's played by Eileen Brennan, and she's just great in this scene. Like she, it's just a small scene, but she's great in it. And she, ad, I guess she ad libbed most of her lines too. Yeah, so most of the lines that she did in this in this scene are just ad lib. Like she's just like, I'm just gonna go off, you know, my own. Her auto. own script. Right, and so they get to this house and. um they're like As they're walking up to the house, they look to their left and there's like a scarecrow sitting there in the cornfield. And so um Derry's basically like, or Trish is like, I just want to see if they have a phone. And he's like, to call who? And to tell them what? And she's like, I don't know. And he's like, I'm guessing they have no phones and a lot of guns. And then you just hear the lady go, who are you? And then she kind of just stands up. And then she's basically asking him like, why they're there and Trish is like I need to use your phone and she's like I don't have one and then she's like what would you need a phone for if I had one and she's like I need to call the police and she's like she's like don't even think about bringing them out here they tried to tell me how many cats a person can have i'll have as many cats as i want to have crazy cat lady <laughs> pretty much and then she and then Trish is like please somebody's been killed so she basically was like yeah somebody's been killed and then that's when she's like Oh my Jesus, I thought you were, um, I thought you were gonna, um, something about her babies. And then, um, Derry's like, um, how many babies do you have? And she's like, more than a couple.
1: Like, just the way she says that. you see the cats all meowing in the background.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And then,
1: um. I'm surprised you don't have cats.
0: Well, I would have a cat if my roommate's dog was better with other animals. I actually had a kitten last week. I, so my brother came to visit me. And he found a kitten like underneath the, uh, underneath his car, like where your car's parked. He found a kitten, and I wanted to keep her, but it's just not ideal for me to have to keep her cooped up in my room because my dog wants to eat her. So I'm
1: so. a I'm a dog person, but my wife loves cats, and now the cats are more clingy to me. I don't love my cats but I'm, yeah. not, I'm not a cat person but I still love my cats but anyways yeah, I'm obsessed. back to the crazy cat person yeah
0: I'm obsessed with cats so maybe that'll be me one day just in my house in the middle of nowhere with 50 cats who knows me
1: and my sister gonna drive up to your house and I'm like can we use your phone someone has died and we are you gonna be and what I'm just gonna, gonna say you?
0: and I'm just gonna say shut you know, up Frank yeah shut up Frank <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna report uh, me to the police and then gonna, I'm gonna have to give up on my 100 cats that I have out here just kidding, <laughs> but um, this is actually one of my favorite scenes as well, just because of atmosphere. And I find this scene like really like eerie, yeah. and it gives me chills every time I watch it too. Because um, she's like, "You can use the phone to call the police, but go out on the interstate because I don't want you know them to come here," and so then all of a sudden all the power goes out in the house. And then I just find the scene like really creepy because in the distance you can just hear a bunch of dogs barking as if like they can sense
1: it. To me, that scene was like, okay, so this thing has been around for a while and it knows a thing or two about, you know, Mm -hmm. power, lights, how the modern world at that time works. Yep. So Jeepers Creepers, you know, even though he doesn't say anything, he doesn't say anything. No, he never says anything. No. He yeah. just smells and flies. Yep. But, yeah, he just does all this just to uh, sneak up on him. Does he sneak up on him? I think he does. Kind
0: of, yeah. He does it very, like, subtly. Because then there's the, the part where she uh, she's like, did you bring anyone else with you? And then they look over at the scarecrow, and then you can fucking tell that it's him. Yeah. Like, it's so creepy. And the, the way that they, they lit it, too, is really cool. Um, but she's like, this is another line that me and my friends say to each other uh Um, like, and we say it, like, really randomly, like, completely out of context, so if, like, there was someone else with us that didn't know the movie like we do, if we were just to say, that's not my scarecrow, because she, like, she, like, goes back into the house and she's just like, that's not my scarecrow, and then, wasn't she she holding a cat? Yeah, she was, she was holding a a cat, and all the cats are going nuts, too, like, all the cats are, like, climbing up to the fucking ceiling, like, hissing and meowing, and it's just insane, but, like. Yeah, and then she comes out with like a fucking shotgun, and she's like, "You've got ten seconds
1: to get your ass out of my yard." This is this is when Derry and uh, his sister were looking at him, and she comes <laughs> out of nowhere with the twelve gauge shotgun. And she's just like, oh, "Okay, typical hillbilly America, <laughs> pretty much, yeah, America." Yeah,
0: <laughs> she's like, and then she's like, "You better get your ass out of my yard," and I'm not gonna, t- and don't think I'm gonna tell you twice. And then Trish is like, basically like, get away from it. And then she, like, goes to shoot at it, but then you hear it, like... You hear it, like, yowl or something. It, like, howls. And then you see it, like... You see a shadow of something, like, fly up to the roof. Like, he jumped pretty mm-hmm. high. Fuck yeah. And then, like, you hear all the cats in the house, like, going nuts. And she's, like... uh she goes to go in the house, but like Derry tries to grab her and tell her not to go in there. But she's, like fucking like I don't know she, if she knees him or if she butts him in the she
1: butts him in the in, in the penis.
0: With the gun, right? She yeah. like hits him and she's like, What the hell did you bring to my house? And so she goes in there, and this is a I just love all of her lines in this scene. She has like comedy gold in the scene. She's like, I'll blow your fucking head off as she goes in the house. And then you just hear like the rifle go off a couple of times. Shotgun. Sh- Sorry, yeah, shotgun. Yeah, shotgun. Correct me. <laughs> I'm not a gun person, so I don't, you know... But, I've uh, shot
1: a few guns in my lifetime.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've only shot a few. I, I don't know, I'm just not... My family, though, like, if you went out to my family's house in Kansas, my dad has a safe in one of the rooms. He has, like, they have, like, 15 guns. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, all all guns that they've, like, custom ordered themselves, like, all the parts they put together. So, like, my family's very, um...
1: Well, you should own some guns. You never know when Jeeperscripts might in my a True that. Visit.
0: True that. I'm sure if you visited my parents' house in Kansas.
1: Well, maybe we shouldn't do a road trip over there. You know, you and I. <laughs> we should. Yeah. We yeah. should start playing that game. You know, license plate. What does that mean? You know, the paddy wagon. You should, come,
0: you should come visit Kansas with me sometime. That'd be fun. Or Michigan, because my sister's moving to Michigan soon. So.
1: If we ever see a rusty old uh, tunnel. I'm gonna have you hold my legs before I can see what's inside.
0: And then I'm gonna drop you in there and just you're gonna you're gonna like wake up and you're just you're gonna not care. gonna you're not gonna drop me. You're gonna I'll, dro- <laughs> I'll drop you and then you'll come to and you'll just hear the car like driving off. <laughs> you'll be like, okay, bye.
1: Michael was a smart one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I got out of there while I had the chance. Yeah, yeah, but but um, yeah. Sorry about that. We went on a little tangent there, but that's okay. Um, she uh... yeah, so she basically. Uh, or you hear the shotgun go off. It
1: I'm goes like, off twice. It was mm-hmm. a it, it was a do you, double barrel shotgun, so it's gonna hold two rounds.
0: Yeah, and then like Trish and Derry are just kind of standing in there. And then I love I love this shot and the way it's lit as well because you just see the outline of the old lady like standing like yeah. in the doorway of the porch, and she's just kind of standing there like looking at him. And then uh, Derry's like hello, and then you kind of just see, and then all of a sudden you kind of just see her being like. Literally, I don't know if he has, like, the shotgun through her and he's, like, lifting her or if he just, like, is holding her up with his bare hand. I think
1: but. he was holding her up with his bare hand. Mm-hmm. It was one hand. You could tell oh, he was holding yeah, her yeah. with one hand. He, this, is this. you know, you could tell that this, whatever this thing is, is it's, super strong. Oh, yeah. Super strong. And he, if you mess with him, he'll obliterate you. Mm-hmm. But anyways, he, he's holding her with one hand and these Derry and his sister, like, idiots, are just standing there, like, <laughs> You okay? I was <laughs> I like, know, right. <laughs> in my mind, in the theater, I was like, run, get in the car, get get the hell yeah, out get of the there, fuck out of Yeah, there. but no, they're just staring at her as so she's being dragged or not dragged, but you know, being hold on to. Well, and, and they do
0: this cool shot of like just her feet, like hit, oh yeah, right, before. yeah. yeah. You can,
1: that's when you tell like, oh wow, this thing is really strong.
0: Yeah. And then, like, this is the first, like, actual, like, really good glimpse you get of the cover. his oh, face. He's terrifying. Yeah. Like, the makeup, like, I did want to bring this up earlier, like, and I brought it up in my um 2000s episode when I brought this movie up on our top 10 list. I talked about how, like, the makeup is kind of hit and miss in this movie just because of how old it is. Like, some of the effects haven't aged so well. So the body's in the basement in, like, the, in its house of pain, as he likes to call it. Don't look as great as they probably did back in the day. But uh, I think it is because maybe just because they're petrified. So it's supposed to give off more of like a. I always
1: know. thought it was CGI. Really? But yeah, since you said it was a. What? A full like set. A full set. I just think that was a very good job. Oh, yeah. What for they sure. did in those times. I mean, but the shot of its face, I think it was. Oh my god, that, that gave me nightmares, that look on his face, that's the thing that gave me nightmares. When he's like smiling at them, yeah. and almost like, it's almost like he's he silently laughing, la-
0: yeah he's smiling but it almost looks like he's silently like laughing, like yeah. no sound comes out but he's like, he's like moving his head kind of and it's like, ooh, mm-hmm. and then they go running and I just love how he just throws her body to the side as if it's just nothing, like he's just like, <laughs> and then um, they get in the car and they're trying Who to- Who gets like, in the driver's
1: seat? Trish. Why? It's is Derry's car. Why, no, it's why Trish's is she, car. It's Trish's car. Yeah, because
0: he, cause in the scene when they're um, getting pursued by the creeper oh, the right, second time, right. he's, like, he's like, my car, my yeah, car. we should have taken my car. Yeah, because she's like, the point of having a portable phone, idiot, is that it works when you need it. And he's like, I have a, a charger for it. And she's like, or whatever. And she's like... uh or have a cigarette lighter, or and I have a cigarette lighter that doesn't work, and he's like, "God damn it, we should take a mic." Yeah,
1: yeah. So it was her that gets into the car, and I was thinking to myself, "Why didn't Derry get into the driver's seat?" <laughs> right. But yeah, I, forget, I forgot that was her car,
0: and for some reason, she can't fucking drive it. Like, you do think you know, that do know. You know
1: what, what was going on? The 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 oh yeah, the gears
0: that? were sticking. Yeah, because she said she's like he's like, "What's going on?" She's like, "The gears are sticking," and then. um mm-hmm. She's, uh, and he, like, all of a sudden he just falls onto the fucking hood of the car and is, like, staring at them through the windshield, and she's, like, it's stuck in reverse, and he's, like, put it in reverse! So she, like, fucking...
1: Goes reverse, mm -hmm. yeah.
0: And it's just, like, walk... I love how it's just, uh, the creeper's just, like, walking...
1: But that's that's Absolutely. what that's when they get ballsy and they're like, all right, we need to fight back. That's mm-hmm. that's they didn't say it, but you know that's what you could tell. Like, all right, yeah. they're they're not gonna try to run away from this. They're gonna try. It. But Derry was pretty much terrified the whole entire time. That's 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 when you know that the sister is the strongest because she's willing to fight back against this yep. thing that's trying to eat them. Well, because she's him. like,
0: because she says, "What do I do?" And then Derry's like, "Hit it hard." <laughs> <laughs> so she like puts it in drive and starts uh, driving towards it, but then it. The fucking creeper just, like, walks over the top of the car as if it's nothing. Oh, right. And then... um, So they, like, do that, like, one or two more times, I think. I think if they do it one more time where he walks across the car again. Because they go to back up again, and he just walks over the top of it. So then... So she, then like,
1: the, the gear starts sticking again, and she starts baiting cheaper mm-hmm. Creepers, Uh, the monster... And she started walking towards it. So once it gets close enough, she puts it in in gear and actually forwards it. Yep. And she's
0: like, "What?" Well, I just love when she's like doing it. She's like, yeah, could walk that ugly face right over here. Cause she's like, just basically like, and then, um, so I guess in this scene, when I was listening to the commentary, there was a stunt thing that went wrong. So the shot of, um, so I guess Justin Long was in the car with a stunt woman that was driving the car. And they were only supposed to go like 12 miles miles an hour because it was supposed to be like they hit into him. He kind of like rolls over the, the windshield type of thing. And they were only supposed to be going like twelve miles an hour because they had a stunt person playing the creeper in that scene. And I guess Justin, according to what Justin Long says, he says that like whoever he was driving with was like, oh shit. And Justin was like, what? And she's like, I think we're going too fast. And he's like, How do you know? And she's like, the the um the speed speedometer or the speed gauge is broken. Like the speed gauge was broken. So the shot where the creeper gets hit and flies over... That was an actual shot. Wow. And they still put it into mm -hmm. the film? And the stunt guy broke three ribs. He had to go to the hospital because... That's bold. uh Uh-huh. So... Poor stunt guy. (laughs) Yeah, that's like... That's like an example of like a, a scene gone wrong. To the
1: listeners listening stunt stuntmen in Hollywood, they don't have a very good uh, life expectancy. <laughs> <laughs> and they
0: don't, I feel like they don't get paid enough for what they do either. They don't get enough credit because I, I could never be a stunt person. Like that's just too, nope. I'm not into, you know, risking breaking a bone or, you know, killing myself or, you know. I feel like some of these stunt people sign on. Like with a death wish, they're like, if you, know, if you just had a die. chance to
1: be inside of a movie, a horror movie, for you know, doing a stunt, mm-hmm. you would probably take it. I, you I know what? You You're it. probably not yeah, wrong. Yeah, I
0: actually yeah. would. Yeah, I'd be like, you know what? That's fine. If I if I die, I die. At least I got to be in a movie, <laughs> a horror as movie. As long
1: as your name is on the credits, <laughs> right? Highlighted. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they find yeah. So they finally hit the creeper, and I love how you hear him just like yowl as he flies into the sky, and then you just see like a bunch of his weapons like fall onto the hood of the car and then he just slams onto the back of the car and so and then this is like a fucking this is probably my favorite line from Trish in the entire movie because Derry goes do you think he's dead and she's like they never are and she like puts it in reverse and just fucking drives over him like four fucking times until Derry's finally like okay enough and I rem- I
1: remember that scene specifically because then you know the log- uh, logically speaking you know when she said that I was like, yeah, they never are. No, she's going to run it over. I knew she was going to do that before she even, you know, did it. Yep. Yep. I was thinking like, oh, thank you. Someone with common sense. I know.
0: Yeah, I know. Because it's like, it's not one of those things where she just runs over it once and then she's like, okay, it's dead. Like.
1: I thought Darius was going to go outside and poke it with the stick.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, oh, and then this is the part where, um. When it was revealed that the creeper Had has wings, wings. Yeah, yeah, because only one of the wings came off. Mm-hmm, because you it. just see kind of like you hear like this tearing noise.
1: I I, I like that scene in particular because you can see the veins Ooh, through it's the Gross-looking, yeah. But yeah, that's that's pretty good. I mean, during those times, during those move, uh, two thousand one, I think CGI wasn't
0: really all that great. No, yeah. it wasn't. It wasn't all
1: that great. But, you know, that scene, I was like, oh, wow, those wings look realistic. I think it still holds up. Yeah, yeah. it holds up pretty good around this time.
0: And then that's when you realize, oh, shit, like, this thing has wings. This thing's not human. That's when
1: I started thinking, this thing is demonic. This thing (laughs) is, like, from hell (laughs) itself. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. And then um, Trish is basically like, I don't know how much longer this thing's going to run. And then she basically just, like, they drive off and, like, run it over one more time. And then um, this is when it cuts to like the police station, which I thought was really cool because they brought up the fact that Francis Coppola... Was there the night they filmed, like the exterior shot of, like, so the first establishing shot of the police station? Francis Coppola was there. And if the listeners aren't familiar with Francis Coppola, I'm not familiar with him. He filmed The Godfather, he directed The Godfather. So I would be shitting my fucking pants if the director of The Godfather was on my set and I was a director. Like, I would be like, holy shit. And I guess, like, and I didn't know this either until I watched the end credits last night. I guess Francis Coppola was an exit executive producer on this movie, too. Which I had no idea that he was—he had any like undertaking in this film at all. Like this does not seem like a film that Francis Coppola would like be a part of. See,
1: this is why I love this movie because it I keeps know. surprising me till this day. I
0: know I love it. So, uh, yeah. So then there's like the shot of them, or the shot of like the police station as they're bringing some guy in.
1: Oh okay, Yeah. So going to the police station, you know, and the way this movie was going, the way things, the dumb things that Derek was doing, going down a rusty. What do you call it? Tunnel, barrel, whatever, you know. <laughs> pipe. And they, yeah. Pipe. Doing the dumbest things and uh, the sister being the brave one. Them two going to police station, that's like a safe, the safe haven for them to go. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. around cops with weapons. And they're, so okay, you, in the theater, I was like, I was at ease. Oh, there's somewhere safe. So I think the intense parts are over. But yeah. no, little did I know that this thing has... Hard on for you know either Trish <laughs> or Derry, because you don't know who he's after to be honest, right?
0: Yeah, and I love how, like, um, in the scene that we talked about prior, like, where she's like, This is the highway that I would die on, type of thing. It almost this movie, I feel like this film almost sets it up to be her, foreshadowing that was gonna be the <laughs> mm-hmm. sister, yeah, yep. So, like, this whole time you're thinking that maybe the sister is the one that's gonna be in danger, and then, um, but yeah, sorry, you were.
1: Yeah, like, you know, I was saying the sister was pretty much being set up to be killed. But once they're in the cop station, you know, they're surrounded by people who can protect them. And that's where you, what's her name gets there? Giselle. Giselle. Giselle.
0: Yeah, she walks in the door and she's like, Trish and Derry. Well, and I first love how, like, um, she's on the phone with her mom. And she's, like, um, having an argument with her mom about, like, no, don't come, like. Because we'd be there by the time you'd even get here or whatever, and Derry's like looking at like a a board on the wall of like all these missing people, and you have to assume that some of these people are missing because of the creeper. So it's like it, and I also noticed it was fun for me to notice this, and they say it in the commentary because there's a director called Tim Gunn, I think that's his name, and he. he hasn't done a whole lot of stuff, but, like, there was a show on um, VH1. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It was called Screen Queens, Not the one with Emma Roberts. Not the one that just came out a few years ago. But there was this, like, talent competition type of show where a bunch of, like, no-name actresses came on this show to, like, compete in a, for a role in Saw. So, uh, he was one of the directors on the second season. Like, one of the uh, judges. It's VH1, such a that was,
1: that's a, such an old... Uh, is that still... Is,
0: is that still around? That's still a thing, but I I don't think they have as good quality content as they once did. Same with MTV. There's just like something about those old shows back in like the early 2000s.
1: When you say old, <laughs> it kind of it kind of hits ho- at home well, mm-hmm. towards my heart because I'm very old. <laughs>
0: and I feel old too. I'm like I'm almost fucking. I'm twenty. I'm almost thirty. Like I'll be thirty in like. Less than three years, and I'm just like that's so depressing. To well,
1: me. I'm already halfway through my 30s. How do you think Damn. I feel? Like, that's insane. Thank, thanks, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Sorry, Frank. It's
0: all right. <laughs> no, nah. sorry. Age is just a number. Ages. Well, if you so I saw something on Instagram. Um, Sarah Michelle Gellar, like one of my favorite actresses in the whole wide world. Uh, she posted something. She was like SMG tip of the day. When somebody asks how old you are, don't count this year because this year doesn't count so i'm like you know what i'm actually going to take her word for it i'm going to stay 27 for a whole other year because this year didn't count i'm not counting this year so thank you sarah michelle geller
1: <laughs> well i wish i could take your advice but my body doesn't feel that way <laughs> your
0: body doesn't match up with how well, mm. how young you want to be nope yeah um but yeah so then basically the character of giselle comes <laughs> and she's like trish and Terry, right and the officer's like, Giselle! He like basically has already had it with her shit. Like, and he's like, Giselle, I mean it. You leave those kids alone now. And then she's like, she basically starts talking about how she doesn't expect them to believe in it. See,
1: this is what I like about this movie so much as well, because the creeper monster has no backstory. Mm-hmm. And then yep. within 10 seconds, you, you got know, all you need to know about her. About her, you know, but this monster, no idea. Yeah. Unknown. And Nothing. she
0: like, she gives like very brief descriptions of the creeper in the scene like she talks about how like um he runs people or he tries to get people to s- he tries to scare people because there's something in fear something like that It can smell yeah that like f- lets it know if there's anything inside someone that it might like because then she talks about how like whatever this thing is it eats people's eyes so that it can see or it'll eat their lungs so it can breathe it's just ugh, it's very like it's just this scene is really like it gives me chills like whenever she explains it. what it does mm-hmm. and then, then
1: it's that's like part just the, the littlest backstory about this creature that eats people it's not much of a backstory but it tells you what it does and exactly it and it's terrifying and in
0: my personal opinion I like things that are better left unsaid in certain instances for example like Halloween like they don't explain why Michael Myers is the way he is and that's what makes him so terrifying and that's why I like have trouble liking the later movies as they go on because they just in the later movies they just keep giving Michael a reason to kill people the same concept applies here I just feel like in Jeepers Creepers I feel like not giving the creeper any sort of backstory whatsoever except for like bits and pieces of like what he does and like um you know like what his process is is scarier than knowing like why he came to be in my opinion
1: in my opinion I feel like I want to know a little more about this thing but at the same time even if they do explain his origin, I don't think I'm gonna be you know too disappointed. Jaded from
0: right, yeah. I mean, I I don't I don't personally feel like it would take anything away from the character of the creeper. I think he would still be terrifying even if they gave him you know somewhat of a backstory. But I also do appreciate the fact that like in the first one,
1: if there was a creepy little tunnel <laughs> that would explain his origin, I would probably go down there and find out.
0: Ugh. Nope. So you're the dairy in this situation, aren't you?
1: Yeah, I am. (laughs)
0: See, I'm the Trish. I'd be like, "No way in fucking hell am I going down that disgusting, dirty pipe to see what's at the end of it." No, thank you. I would probably be the one that went inside the church to explore the abandoned church, though, because I love exploring. I love exploring abandoned places. So, churches.
1: You think is going into. churches (laughs) churches <laughs> really? would, no, no no I'm just saying like
0: the church is like abandoned so it'd probably be somewhere that I would like
1: I'd rather go down a rusty old pipe with rats
0: so see if you and I were driving down a road and we saw an old church I'd probably stop and be like "Ooh, let's go explore it because that's you know so yeah. maybe I am the dairy in this situation too. You,
1: you'll go where there's lighting I'll go where there's nothing but dark and horror
0: <laughs> right yeah yeah but, um... Oh, and then she also brings up the fact that every 23 years, every 23rd spring, it gets to eat, basically. Mm. So, basically, for 23 days, every 23 years, the creeper gets to, like, feast on people. For how many days in 23. 23 I think days, it's 23, 23, yeah. 23,
1: Is there something symbolic about the number 23?
0: I don't know. In
1: mythology, I mean?
0: See, I never really got really in deep with that, so I have no idea. I wish I could answer that question, but I have no clue. Mm. Um... I just know that, like, yeah, it's just every 23 years for 23 days. Yeah, it gets to, it gets to feast on people, is basically what she's saying. And then. Let's put it
1: lightly. Feast. Eat. Eat. Devour. Yeah. Mm. I'm getting hungry now. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I could use some
0: bacon right now. That sounds actually really fucking good. <laughs> but, um, Call that
1: sexy cop over. Ooh. Oh, ah. Mr. Hot Cop. Why don't you uh, some bacon? That's bacon coming? right there for Ooh. you. This guy. guy. This guy. Um, (laughs) chop his head off eat his tongue well well, won't you
0: you know I mean it's what I like to do when I bring home guys on a date you know (laughs) I like to chop them up and you know eat their tongue and you know whatever no big deal no big thing it's just every Tuesday night for me so all alright well (laughs) good thing it's a Sunday (laughs) just a typical Tuesday night for me (laughs) alright but um, anyway just kidding guys but um, or is he or am I Um, oh um, up for you guys to decide but uh anyway yeah so then all of a sudden all the power goes off in the police station and then this is when you realize oh fuck like you're like because like you were saying I love how you brought up that point earlier how you know the scene they're at a police station so you think they'd be safe with all these cops with all these guns and stuff and it's like I like how they set up that false sense of security so that like when he gets there you're like fuck you're like what is gonna happen now So I do do appreciate that you brought up that point, so...
1: No, yeah, it's just, you know... A police station, to me, is a bad place to be. (laughs) Growing up in, you know, Los Angeles, police were, you know, considered bad. But anyways, in horror movies, that's considered the safest place because you're going up against Michael Myers, uh, Jason Voorhees, uh, you know, Chucky. The (laughs) safest place to go is a police station. And in this movie the sense of this monster that wants to eat you, you want to be around the people who are going to protect you. And they exactly. go to the safest place they can find, which is the police station. But like you said, <laughs> that sense of security, poof, goes, goes down the away. drain. Yeah, yep.
0: And basically they, Derry is saying like, we ran it over till there was nothing left. And then you get like the iconic line from Giselle when she's like, I think it's eaten way too many hearts for its own to ever stop. It's like kind of cheesy and dramatic, but I like that line because it just is just terrifying. I just feel like, ugh. It's like there's really nothing you can do to stop this thing. Like um, It's kind of like an unstoppable force of nature in a sense. Like I mean, I'm sure there is a way to stop it, but, you know. It, goes,
1: this, it goes way beyond this mm-hmm. movie. Like I said, the origins will be such great... Something in our... You know, on, on our time. Yeah. Twenty twenty or oh, maybe twenty twenty one and another if they ever do try to make another movie, the origins of him. But anyways, you know, this thing it's it eats everything. You know, before it it explained the origin, saying the twenty three every twenty third spring yeah it was a spring they said Mm -hmm. yeah so every 23 years it comes back to life so i'm like what Why does it need to eat all those hearts for it i didn't think about that during that time when i was watching it
0: i think it only eats like out of necessity because so for example like they do like a really cool shot of like the the creeper the truck of the creeper pulling up to the police station and then the creeper like getting out and he's like limping it's almost kind of comedic the way he looks because he's like missing an arm so it's like just this like His long leg dangling is all busted scene. up. and he's like fucking like limping towards the police station. But it's like in this next scene, he um you get like a after like the whole blackout scene, like with the you see the guards taking on the prisoners. Yep, yep. So like he's going through the cell, and I I love that this moment is kind of comedic too because he's like, uh, what does he say? Heads up or something like that, and one of like the fucking the prisoners like, just flips, flips off. On. Yeah, he's like, oh, that's. Wonderful! I love you too. And then he goes to like the next cell, and like there's like a bunch of guys like huddled up against the wall, the corner. Yeah, terrified. They're, they're yeah.
1: terrified, and the cops just, what are you got? What are you terrified about? And they just look over. They they uh, give the the little gesture. Look over there, and you see Jeepers Creepers just munching on this guy.
0: And he's like completely. He's like completely like he does not have a coat anymore. Like his costume, His like whole outfit is gone, and he's just like huddled like like, hunched over, like, eating the fucking shit out of this guy. And he looked
1: like a, I don't know, how to explain this. Like a gargoyle, his. almost. Yeah, something yeah. like a gargoyle, but the way it was eating, what was it, a leg or an arm? I
0: think it eats his arm and his leg, because, yeah.
1: um... It was busted up after mm-hmm. Trish ran him over several times. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. the way he eats is like a duck. It doesn't even chew, he just, he was just... Gulping it down. Gulping it down, and that was, wow, that scene was... Fantastic! the way the sound effects—it's just terrifying it's to scary, me. That yeah. thing eating—oh my god—it just gives me the creeps to this day. I mean, I—I was—I'm a war veteran, and I used to have nightmares of this thing when I was out there in Iraq. I was thinking this thing was gonna come get me. I was like, oh man.
0: <laughs> when when the creeper scarier than like any sort of fucking gun-willing <laughs> Taliban person, combatant. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it, it was just, uh, that scene got to me the most, I think, because mm-hmm. it was gulping its armor and its legs, and that's when I realized, oh, this thing eats body parts and make it its own.
0: Yep, yep. And then, like, the cop, like, goes to put its gun up, and then it turns around, and he's shooting at it, but you can hear, like, the bullets basically bouncing off of
1: it. Doesn't, uh, that scene kind of, like, uh, go away? He shoots at it, right? But then it scenes off where you could just hear the gunshots going off. Cut, yeah, but you
0: can, like, hear him, like, bouncing off of something, and I don't know if they're bouncing off the creeper, or if they're bouncing off of something else, but, like, then you just hear, like, the cops scream, and then you hear, like, someone over the intercom, like, to, like, the, the sheriff guy, they're like, this fucking thing just took a bite out of this guy, like... Oh, man. yeah,
1: they're explaining what just happened, and they're trying to make sense of the whole thing.
0: Yeah, and he's like, you can put me in a straight jacket, sheriff, this fucking thing just walked up the... Crawled, crawled up, It mm-hmm.
1: crawled up the wall. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah I remember that. And he's like, you're
0: making no damn bit of sense. And then the the guy's like... Um,
1: explain the situation. Trying yeah. to, try to make sense of it. The sheriff's is kind of like, boy, you better get your head on straight. Well, <laughs> he didn't say that in the movie, but I'm thinking that's what he's thinking. And, uh, you know, you're just getting ready because you, you, you see Derry and mm-hmm. Trish. And like, oh, crap. It's after us. They yeah. know it's after them. And they're just, you know, helpless because these cops are trying to, they don't know they're supposed to protect them. But.
0: Right. And there's just, like, there is one thing about the scene that drives me nuts every time I watch it. They were right by the fucking front doors of the police station. Why did they not just, why did G- Giselle just not tell them to run out that way?
1: Well, think about it. He had wings. He I mean, yeah, but like, fly they would out. have had a better chance of getting away. I, I would have stayed in the police station. I would have <laughs> grabbed guns. The, the, the thing that was going through my head was, why don't you grab a goddamn gun? There's guns all over the place. Right. But then again, there are cops, so...
0: Yeah. Eh, yeah. I mean, I guess you're right. It just I don't know. It just drives me nuts, because it's like, go out the front door! Why are you fucking, like...
1: I think you and I would bicker a lot. <laughs> Probably. We'd have, like, this... Like, Why do you want to go outside the door, Michael? There's guns right here. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I would grab a gun. <laughs> I would grab a gun. Chucky would, would not lash against a 12-gauge shotgun.
0: Oh, definitely not. No. Um. But then he's, like, basically, like... Uh, it's coming towards you it's on the stairwell or whatever and then you get like all these cops like go towards that stairwell and um, you see that
1: one white cop going up to the stairwell and he's like <laughs> yeah. I guess I'm the unlucky one <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can feel that he's thinking that mm-hmm. and then you see the what all of a sudden you just see him like swoop down yeah swoop down and he's like Spider-Man on the goddamn wall yep. so swoop down and he grabs this guy's uh, chest and you see a hole in his chest with like blood and stuff because and, he like ate his heart and yeah. the flashlight is like literally binging through his chest that's a cool shot yeah because oh, you, like,
0: you get the shot of him like from the back did it grab his heart? Mm-hmm. yep it ate its heart and then Oh, well, then another thing about the scene is that Jonathan Breck, the one that plays the creeper, he plays one of the cops in this scene. Oh, really? Yeah. So I guess they actually filmed with actual police officers, and according to the director, they weren't that great of actors, so they had to, like, insert some people in there to, like, do, like, the reaction shots, like, when the when the guy gets, like, his heart ripped out, like, the when the cops react, those are actors, because, like, the other ones apparently couldn't get to that point.
1: I, I think if um, someone ripped my heart off my chest, I don't think I wouldn't, like, look down and, like, oh... My heart's ripped out. (laughs) Yeah. I don't don't even have a second to think about it. I think I was just dropping on the floor, but... Yeah. Like like like, I said, it's Hollywood, you know? It was a good scene. It is. But uh, to me, that's like, okay, that scene doesn't make sense, because his heart just ripped out of his chest. I'm pretty sure he'll be dead in an instant.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. So then that guy's dead, so he, like, falls to the ground, and then they, like, run up to the stairwell, and you can just hear, like, him gulping. Like, he's like... Like, gulping in the background. So, they all just start, like, for some fucking reason, just start shooting at the stairwell, even though they can't see him. Mm. They're just, like, shooting into the shadows, which I'm just like, what a waste of fucking bullets.
1: It's called spraying. uh, (laughs) Spraying prey. Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. When I used to get in firefights, we used to just, like, shoot, even though we couldn't see our enemy, we just shoot because... I mean, I guess it's better than nothing, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But this monster is one little thing that just ate their colleague's heart. Yeah. Right. It was out of... uh, What do they call it? Anger or frustration, (laughs) or are you shooting at the creeper? Is that is that what you call him? The creeper? Yeah. I I never really gave him a name. I just the the nameless thing. Oh no, that's (laughs) what
0: they. Yeah, that's his name in the movie. Is it the creeper? Yeah, um, yeah. But then it cuts to like a shot of Derry and Giselle and Trish in like this hallway, like trying to get out these like back doors, and (laughs) they're basically like these must lock automatically when the power goes out. And Trish is like, Trish looks at Giselle and she's like, you didn't know that. And Giselle's like, I don't dream of everything.
1: She gets ghetto (laughs) again. Yeah. She gets very ghetto again.
0: And then she's like, she's like, this isn't everything. This is our way out. Um, She's basically like, I thought if I told you what I saw, you guys would be able to change it. Why the hell do you think I'm here? And then this is when
1: her tone of voice though was pretty much uh, like she was frustrated and mad. So yeah. Well,
0: I would be too if this bitch that I don't even know is like fucking, you know. Because Trish is kind of bitchy to her in this scene. She's just very like,
1: (laughs) calling her basically stupid. Like, well, you 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 said that that cop was sexy. I I mean, mm -hmm. I wouldn't say Trish is that attractive. Oh, I find
0: her very weirdly gorgeous like in this movie yeah she's not because like I've I've had this conversation with friends that I've watched this movie with in, in the past and but then again I always have like this weird and maybe it comes from me being a photographer I find the beauty in a lot of like not normally look what people would normally conceive as beautiful I find very beautiful so like people that other people wouldn't even give a second glance to I'm like that girl was really pretty and my friends are like what are you smoking that girl was fucking like a five at best and I'm like I just I don't know I find really not I guess typical looking girls pretty like, Shelley Duvall in The Shining is a very prime example of someone that I actually think is very pretty. Like, and a lot of people would probably disagree with me on that. I'm probably... I,
1: will, <laughs> uh, I don't want to say disagree. I just say this is coming to uh, the middle ground here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You're like, I'm not going to disagree, but I'm not going to agree yeah. with you.
1: I mean, I don't want to say that Trish was attractive because I'm pretty sure my wife's going to listen to this. And she's like, probably going to hit me. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I find... She was semi-attractive. But anyways, Did yeah, she she had a... Nah, resting bitch face oh look. yeah yeah
0: oh yeah and she's basically like so uh giselle says like the whole you know um i thought if i told you what i saw you'd be able to change it why the hell do you think i'm here and then Derry's kind of sitting there and he's like you know and she's like i dreamed. that's something. when he he's finds like, out mm-hmm. like he's this like,
1: lady knows who about to die so that's when he starts pressing her
0: yeah because he's like you know what who it wants you know what it wants and then she's like and then he's like Who's, who's screaming in the dark while that song's playing? Because she basically says how she sees, like, someone screaming in the dark as Jeepers Creepers is playing in the background. And then she... I love how Giselle kind of, like, subtly turns towards Trish. And yeah. then you as an audience member, you're, like, thinking, oh, fuck, like, Trish is the one that it wants. Thinking,
1: like, oh, so the movie was right. It was foreshadowing her mm-hmm. death all along.
0: Yep. And I love that. I love, like, how... It, it really, like, does a good job... Like, the film does a really good job. And I don't want to give the director too much credit here because, you know, of who he is as a, dir- you know, person. But what I will say is, like, he is very... In this film particular, very good at, like, setting shit up. Like, setting, like, the mystery and, like, not knowing what's going to happen next. Like, I feel like not a lot of movies these days... You go in, in... You don't go into a lot of movies these days with that mindset of being, like, I don't know what's going to happen because... I just feel like so many movies these days are so predictable, you know, at least like if you've, for example, like if you've seen horror movies if, as much as I have, like I go into a horror movie, like not expecting to be surprised. So like when I am surprised, it's like the best thing ever. So, but sorry, I didn't mean to go off on that tangent, but like, I just love how he, he really has a great way of like setting up story and setting up characters. And, it was like, a twist. It, not not yeah.
1: really a twist, but it was more like a, what do you call it? Well, psych. Yeah, the, not, to give, not to give not to give the the listeners any uh, spoilers, but if you're listening, it says you're you're about to be spoiled.
0: You've probably seen this movie already, and if you haven't seen this movie, as I've said before Shame in other episodes, you. what rock are you living under? <laughs> I mean, but yeah. So then they don't really have much time to debate that because then all of a sudden the creeper is like fucking shoots around the corner, and so like Giselle, Spider-Man again. Yeah, Giselle's like run upstairs. Now and I'm like, why would you tell them to go upstairs? There's
1: nothing upstairs. <laughs> yeah,
0: go fucking somewhere other than upstairs. Like, what the hell? I don't know. Um And then all of a sudden, it just fucking starts crawling towards her on the wall. Yes.
1: Like, like and then she, I don't know why she gets down on her knees and starts praying. I guess
0: it's just like a comfort thing. Like for like if you were scared, like you'd pull the sheets over your face. So I guess for her, it's like, oh fuck. Like she starts praying. Yeah. So she starts. Okay. Praying. Okay.
1: I get that. I used to do that as a kid. Put the sheets over my face because mm-hmm. I used to think nothing could come through the sheets, but clearly, if somebody. I'm not a religious guy. I'm just saying, you know, going down on my knees and start praying. That's not going to stop the monster from chewing my face. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> and then you get like a shot of her just standing there because then, like, all of a sudden the creeper's gone. But she looks he, up and mm-hmm. the creeper's gone. But then it's so- suddenly he just like pops up behind her and like grabs her by the back of the head and pulls her head back and is like smelling her. And then you just realize, oh, yeah. She has nothing I want from... (laughs) She has nothing that I want, so moving on.
1: Yeah, yeah. He he just smiles there and, like, you're not it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Spares her life. It doesn't even, you know...
0: Yeah, so... She has nothing I want. Exactly. So it's, like, moving on. Yeah. (laughs) Finding my next prey. So basically, this is, like, a really cool scene for me because they go into, like, this, like, interrogation room-looking thing, and there's, like, a big window, like, on the front wall right there as soon as you walk in but then there's like the double-sided yeah yeah they they can't see
1: through the window right no No, they can't see Yeah.
0: so it's really cool because there's this really fucking cool shot of trish just walking up to like the glass and then you all of a sudden like suddenly you just see the creeper's hand like go onto the glass like right where her face is and you can hear him like smelling them he's like trying to smell her through the glass and he's like making all these like creepy like animalistic sounds like really weird groans and stuff like it's like creep it's like eerie i don't like ugh, i don't like it it's not human and then um i've never understood this part but like all of a sudden he like dairy like pulls trish away and then and like, he gives her the finger like yeah, don't he's don't. Like, don't but they don't, don't say anything to yeah. each other they just
1: mm. like don't <laughs> i've never understood that yeah, like, like I, mean, I have an older <laughs> sister if i would have done that to her she would have slapped me <laughs> yeah
0: i've never i've never understood like their whole like little Um, like, there's just, like, this fucking, like, unknown argument that they're having but they're not saying anything, and he's just like, don't you, I don't know. But then all of a sudden, the fucking creeper just throws a chair through the fucking window and comes, like, walking in.
1: And, of course, uh, he's uh, puts his sister right behind him, because he's, uh, (laughs) the male, so. Yeah. Of course, uh, the creeper grabs them both, right? Yep. Like, starts,
0: like, grabs them both by the neck and starts, like, smelling them, like, one at a time. This
1: is is when you're thinking, like, oh, crap, it's about to pick... Trish. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about, oh, if he's about to pick Trish, and all of a sudden the creeper just, when he's smelling them both, he's taking his time smelling them both. I don't know, he does it like once or twice. Or yeah, and each? then he
0: like licks Trish's face too, It's really gross. He like t- like takes his tongue and like licks her on the side of the face. And is like, Wah! It's like, what? Disgusting. But then he like, you kind of just realize, like, as soon as he starts, stops sniffing dairy he like makes this noise like he makes like this like low growling noise as if he's like oh I picked the one that I want and so he just like hurls Trish across the fucking room
1: and that's the twist right there like Mm -hmm. oh I thought it was uh you know Trish that he wanted but
0: nope it's dairy the whole time yep and then, like, um, he's like holding dairy, and then all of a sudden, like, you see all these cops, like, come in with all these. And full guns. riot gear. Mm-hmm. Coming, you up. In full
1: riot gear coming in at the last minute when they were needed five minutes ago. Yep. But either way. It's fine. They yeah. were just
0: busy shooting at an empty stairwell.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Practicing, I guess. Anyways, the, the cops are flashing their lights at this thing, the creeper. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Derry... He's holding Derry. Not in the head. Like, does he have, like, a... He has, like,
0: one arm around his neck, neck and the other one, like, around his, like, chest. I yeah. Think. Yeah.
1: And you could see the the, the strength on this thing because Derry is, like... He, well, his acting was pretty good right yeah. here because he's trying to like, hold his arm because he, he's having a hard time breathing. <laughs> yeah. And you see the creeper just looking at everyone with this evil, evil growl stare. Like, oh, this, he has, is like, creepy, like this is my prey. This is my prey, yeah.
0: Well, and that's the thing that I noticed... Um, I don't remember if it was brought up oh okay the podcast in elm street guys actually brought this up when they did their episode so i wanted to get them credit for this because i never thought of that because when you look at the creeper's eyes it almost looks like he's going blind as if he has cataracts and so that's why he chooses dairy's eyes at the end because he needs a new set of eyes oh. so like the way his the reason why his eyes look like that like towards the end of the movie is because it almost looks as if he's going blind. You do realize
1: you just spoiled the whole movie for everyone that was listening towards the end. <laughs> well, I'm sure people have seen it. I oh mean, well, yeah, of I can, course.
0: But uh, yeah, I love I love that they brought that up in their podcast episode on this.
1: Um, they were gray, right? Duet. The, yeah, the they were like grayish. The grayish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But Derry had brown it brown eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. all
0: right. So like. Um, then all of a sudden you just fucking get like a side shot of like dairy, but then you see like these things on the side of the creeper's face kind of start to open up and then his whole fucking face just opens up and I have to say like the makeup on this fucking thing is amazing like it looks terrifying and then he just lets out like this like really scary like alienistic scream like the creeper does and it's really fucking scary like every time I watch it I'm just like so if
1: anyone has animals or any reptiles or whatever when um animals give like a scream that's like a territorial mm-hmm. this is my prey this is my dinner or this is my uh territory defending yep. it's a prey not defending but trying to get other things from getting its prey mm-hmm. so that's what face. it does that's what it does it screams to let them know like hey and the cops were in so shocked like what is the cop saying he's like what in the holy name
0: of <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah that's
1: that's, a, that's like, wow, that, that, and that, what was it, what would we call that, that thing that's around its head, like the webs or... Something, yeah, it's like, it, it looks, looks like, like almost spider.
0: antenna type stuff, like, almost in a way, um, ugh. yeah, it's just, it's, it's as equally as grotesque as it is, like, beautiful in a way, like, I think the, the makeup design behind the creeper is just fucking amazing. Like, Do you even know how long it
1: takes for that makeup to be applied?
0: Fuck. Probably actor? a long-ass time. I'm sure hours and hours. I'm
1: probably talking over 10 hours. Probably.
0: Um, but then, like, Trish is basically, like, trying to get it to take her. She's like, take me. Oh, right. That's, that's, that's when she gets in front of the cops mm-hmm. and
1: starts talking to the creeper. Because
0: she's like, I have everything the same inside of me. You take me. Like, let him go. And then...
1: And um, she actually does say in, in that scene that I'm the stronger one.
0: Yep, yep. She's like, I'm stronger, you want me. And basically, Derry's like, don't you be a hero. And uh, she's like... His
1: last last words. Yep.
0: And she's just basically like, "You, I, yeah, she's like, I have everything inside of me the same as him, so you take me. And then the creeper just, like fl- like, flies through the window. Which I'm like, at this point, this would have been the perfect time for any of the cops with their fucking, you know, little sniper rifles that they had or whatever to shoot the creeper in the head. Like... I don't know, but they never do. They never try to shoot at him at all. Um, so then the creeper just, like, goes flying. Flies
1: out the window, mm-hmm. and then a split second later, Trish is downstairs already outside the parking lot. <laughs> I'm, like, thinking, why did you guys do that before? You know, know, it's going to the second floor. But anyways, yeah, it flies with Derry outside the window. Yeah. starts flying away in that shot scene, like, hopelessness. Like the, the big yeah. sister watching her little brother fly away and it's so sad like this scene
0: is so heartbreaking because like you've learned to love these two characters as a whole like during this entire movie like and that's what I love about this movie is because they did such a good a job setting up the brother and sister relationship at the beginning so like when this does happen at the end it's heartbreaking like for you as the viewer and for to see trish like watch it happen with like nothing that she can do about it basically so she's like yeah so like as you were saying she's like running out and then you get like a shot of like the creeper and dairy like flying through the sky and then wasn't the moon in the background yeah the moon's moon's in the background background. and then in the next shot he's just gone yeah and then um, that was
1: that was heartbreaking but that was not the last scene i mean well, yeah, you know we're gonna get to the last scene when you hear the screaming. <laughs> yep, yep. And the song.
0: Ugh, God, yeah. So then it uh, it cuts to like the next day, and there's like a a wide shot of like Trish just sitting in the in the foyer of the police station. And I guess according to the director, there was supposed to be like this, like big, huge, powerful like dialogue with her. But, like, they were ready to pull the plug. Like, whoever, like, the producers were and shit were ready to pull the plug on this movie. So they literally just had a wide shot. And I guess uh, Gina Phillips wasn't all too happy about that. Like, she never got, like... Because were- it was supposed to be, like, her defining moment as a character, like, realizing that her brother's gone. So it was supposed to be, like, much more of, like, an emotional scene. She was sp- There was supposed to be a lot more dialogue. But, like, they were strapped on time and people were ready to pull the plug. So they're just like, we got to just do like it in one shot. So basically it's just like this one shot of Trish just sitting there. And then you see Giselle come in through the doors and she's like, your parents, your folks just pulled up outside. And then, um, Trish goes to stand up or, or Giselle goes to walk away. And then Trish is like, are your dreams ever wrong? And she's like,
1: she replies that, you know, I'm just a crazy,
0: it's a Crazy old woman. That's yeah, all I am. Yeah, crazy old woman. Yeah. You ask anybody. Yeah, because she's like dairy screaming in the dark while that song's playing.
1: But did yeah. the scene kind of goes to? Um, I, I thought it was uh, her looking at the sky still as her parents walked up.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. No, it is like because after this scene, like after she gets done talking to Giselle, she goes outside. But like first, she's like, "Are your dreams ever wrong?" And or she's like, "You never answered him." when he asked you if your dreams are ever wrong, like Derry screaming in the dark while that song is playing, what did you really see? And then that's when she That's says what I would have asked. Yeah. And like, that's what she said. That's when she says the line of, I'm just a crazy old woman. Yeah.
1: I would have asked her, bitch, I thought you said it was going to be me. But anyways. <laughs> right. <yeah. laughs> but anyways, yeah. Uh, that scene when... You know, she walks away saying, I'm a crazy old woman. Mm-hmm. And then you see that, what, what do you call it, factory? An old factory? An abandoned factory? Yeah, so first you get, like, the last
0: shot of Trish. Like, she's walking out, and then she hears, like, a crow. Like, she hears uh. a crow, crow squawk, and then you see, like, a crow go flying across the sky. And then you get just, like, this, like, last shot of just Trish, like, looking at this crow, like, very... She just looks haunted, like, completely, like, defeated. And then it, and then that's when it transitions to the... I don't know if it's the same crow, I'm I'm gonna assume it is, that lands on like the, you know the factory thing, and then it goes into like the inside of the factory, which I guess was. And, like,
1: and during during this shot, you, you could hear uh, Derry screaming. Mm-hmm, yep. Which and, I. Which, and then, then they're not screams. They're I'm pretty sure they're like, the last screams he's ever gonna scream. Oh so yeah. These are like, painful screams. Like he's being like tortured screams mm-hmm.
0: and it's it's horrifying like it's so like oh it's so horrifying and heartbreaking because it's like fuck like damn that sucks because it's like i guess they so i guess they filmed it like an old abandoned like meat packing factory so like and it was raining so like all the water that you see is actual like rain but they added more to like make it more you know but i guess the person that's screaming isn't really uh Justin Long. Long. It was the guy, the guy that was brought in by the cops. At the oh. When he's like a uh, seventy-four Chevy Nova, have I ever told you for a car thief you got taste for shit? The guy that gets brought in, he's the one that did the screams. Oh at the wow. End. But he sounds exactly like Justin Long, like the way he screams would I would never have known that unless somebody said that. But um, yeah. So like you can hear him screaming
1: and the song playing in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's like slowly moving towards uh you know the the ending of the scene where you see, uh, I don't know if you want to give well, it away. Well,
0: I think it's, the, well, the creeper's like sitting at like a chair. a chair.
1: And then you can see he's working on something. He's doing something. Mm-hmm.
0: And then he goes to walk yeah. and then it shows like a shot, like it does like a shot of like, it's going up like Justin Long's like body his, yeah.
1: his well his body he's going up his body what, what, what was the I, I forgot I haven't seen this movie in a while but what's the first thing you see you see the tattoo right
0: yeah you see like the tattoo on his stomach and then it goes up to like his where his eyes were
1: so it goes up his uh, torso it goes up his stomach his chest and his chin and you see his face and then all of a sudden you see the eyes and you see the blood and you don't see anything nope. through the eyes there's no skull completely there's no brain it's yeah. hollowed out and you can tell that the creeper monster took its time yep carping on his eyes but from the back of the head that to me that was like wow
0: yeah like he has like no back to him anymore no. it's just completely gone yeah Ugh. and then all of a sudden you just see like the creeper's eyes and you can tell that they're Derry's eyes Derry's like eyes Derry's de- yep and I guess Justin Long actually put on the costume like put the makeup on so that's Justin Long looking through the eye socket type thing wow at the end. I never didn't yeah. even know that Justin Long said that he was the one that like Dressed up as the creeper so that it would look like his eyes, I guess. So, and then that, then that's where the movie ends. Yeah. So, great movie. I love this movie. I had to wear this movie. Like, I can't believe this movie's almost twenty years old.
1: <laughs> I can't believe I'm almost thirty five years old. God. But yeah, yeah, it's a uh, it's a great movie.
0: It is. It is, and it's it's sad that. A lot of people, I feel like a lot of people nowadays won't watch this movie because of the controversy surrounding their director. And I mean, that's all fine and good. Like if you can't, if you're not someone that can separate the art from the artist, that's perfectly fine. But it's just sad because I just feel like this movie is such a staple in like the horror community. I feel like this movie is such a classic. I have so many good memories with this movie. Like, so it's sad that a lot of people probably won't watch it.
1: Not only that, but Justin Long and uh oh who's Gina, the character? Gina, Gina Phillips. Gina Phillips, they did such great jobs in God. this movie. I mean, I never seen Justin Long in any other movies before, but after seeing him in this movie, mm-hmm. I kinda recognize him in other movies. Like, hey, that's <laughs> that <laughs> yep. one actor from that one movie. You know, that's the first time I ever seen him. So
0: Yeah, and he had like a he's had a pretty flourishing career since yeah. this movie. Like Gina Phillips, like she hasn't been in a whole lot and that makes me really sad because I think Gina Phillips is fantastic in this film. Like she really is. Uh, you don't agree?
1: Uh beg to differ. How about that? Really? Yeah. You don't think she's good? Well, there, I haven't seen any, any other movies.
0: Well, she's been in a few other movies, but they're not, like, huge. So, oh. I don't know. I don't know Name if she them. just got dealt a shitty hand in Hollywood. Like, uh. if she, you know... Um, she's in a movie called Chained I think it's another horror movie it was like a low budget one
1: though oh I've never heard of that movie
0: she's the only good part of it I'll tell you that Ah. (laughs) so if that tells
1: you anything um, well the actors you know they brought this movie to life I mean I I, I never knew about the director until you said something until you told me so you know if people want to boycott this movie then they can do whatever they want but we're gonna still think freely this is a great movie
0: it's a masterpiece I love
1: it it is it is yeah. Except for part two.
0: <laughs> well, I don't know. Part two has its I think you should do part two with me. I think you should come back and we should do part two.
1: I actually saw part two with my wife. When once me and my wife got back together, we actually saw part two together. Nice. And uh she didn't she never seen the first one.
0: Oh, so she only saw the second one? She
1: saw the second one first and then the first first movie. And then when the third movie came mm-hmm. out, we saw it together again and we we're like, oh okay, well. <laughs> and the third one's garbage
0: yeah third I agree with you on good.
1: that one but I, I do like that they brought the cop back yeah
0: but, anywho but um yeah so that's Jeepers Creepers guys if you haven't seen the movie um I, I would recommend you guys go out and watch it it's such a good movie such a good classic if you're looking for a really good classic like I would consider this a monster movie yeah just because like the creeper himself is more monster than
1: human watch it in the dark
0: yeah So, yeah, that's, I mean, that's all. I mean, I can't say, I. I can't say more good things about this film. It's just such a good film. I recommend you guys watch it. Um, And also, thank you so much, Frank, for being on this episode with me. Thank you for finally having me
1: over. (laughs) I mean, I know you invited me over a few times, but I was kind of busy, but.
0: Yeah, so why are you talking to me like I'm the one that flaked out?
1: Because. I threw rocks at your window. <laughs> <laughs> you're like,
0: put me on your podcast, please.
1: Yeah, the yeah. next time you're going to hear me and him, we're going to be going to Kansas in uh, an old Chevy. Yeah. Being Listen to Jeepers Creepers
0: on the radio. Being
1: tailgated by <laughs> the little paddy wagon.
0: Yeah. But, um, yeah, I would love to have you back for Jeepers Creepers, too, if you're down for it. Yeah. You can do, I like, am. a Jeepers Creepers double feature type of thing. So,
1: yeah. Action-packed. Yeah, for sure. But, um... Is there anything else you want to say before we go? Um, I enjoyed this. This is very fun. A lot. I had it more fun than I thought it would. To be honest, okay. I mean, I'm the only one drinking beer here. I mean, I thought you would have a drink with me, but apparently you don't drink. Oh no, beer, beer
0: is the devil. So, <laughs> I mean, if I had wine, I would drink wine with you, but I don't have any wine, so.
1: Oh, all right. Well, my wife loves wine, so.
0: Yeah. Well. So yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Um. Again, a big thank you for all of your love and support that you've shown me the last six months so far. And I hope that you guys will continue to show your support. Uh, you can follow the podcast on we love horror podcast down Instagram. We also have a Twitter it's we love horror pod. And then we also have, um, an email which is we love pod at gmail.com. Write so, reviews. So, yeah, just leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. That would really mean the world to me. You could start drinking beer. <laughs> Who's that? Who said that? Oh, who said that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, so thank you guys again so much. And thank you again, Frank, for being on this episode. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, also, before I go, I also wanted to bring up um, Tales from the Campfire episodes. I still want you guys to uh, send in your spooky stories frank is actually sending me in one he's actually working on a story for me right now so if you guys want to do that you guys can just email your paranormal
1: stories well to- maybe i could you know say a little bit about my story where it takes place yeah then, who is this uh podcast you're talking about campfire oh
0: so it's like a it's like a segment that i wanted to do like kind of just to break away from the movie analysis Oh, okay, okay. So like every... I get it. Every now and then between like maybe every two or three episodes, I do like a Tales from the Campfire. All
1: right, so my story, this this is actually a true story. So I'm a United States Marine Corps veteran. I served uh, three tours in Iraq. So I've been through a lot. Not to say anything, you know, not to take anything away from anyone, but I actually have a few paranormal stories about the country itself. But anyway, Saddam Hussein had a prison. Where he kept the rebel, mm-hmm. rebel people, people were trying to you know overthrow his regime. Yeah, and he tortured, killed people in that prison, which I was guarding. I was uh, actually guarding a uh, entry control point, and uh, I experienced some things, but I'm not gonna go into much detail into it. I just want to say that what I experienced there, pretty much, still stays with me. To this day, I, I still have uh, what do you call it, nightmares or PTSD flashbacks? I still have dreams thinking I'm still there.
0: Yeah, that's scary. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't so. like that. I'll just leave it as that. But I would love it. No, I would love it if you like came on an episode though, like of Tales from the Campfire and actually explained it in depth because yeah. I would love, I, I'm sure myself and the listeners that are listening would love to hear that. So, um, just uh, look out for that, guys, because he's going to be on uh, many episodes to come. So, thank you again, Frank.
1: Yeah. You just buy me beer.
0: I'll <laughs> <laughs> supply you with beer every time we do an episode. Yes sir. Sounds like a fair trade to me. So um but yeah, so anyway, uh thank you guys again for listening in and showing your support. And thank you, Frank, for being on the episode. So
1: Yeah, I'm glad to be here and thank you guys for listening.
0: And uh we'll see you guys next time. See you later.
1: All right, see ya.